Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome back to another fun-packed, sun-packed episode of Talking Till the Joy is Gone podcast. I don't know where I was going with that. I started, uh, I dropped into a 90s advert for peanut bar. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm Rooney. You guys settle in. This is probably good. This is about the bar we're setting for the episode. Yeah. Um, I'm Rooney. <laughs> sitting I'm across Reggie. from me. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. Reggie, um, <laughs> you just did something that confounded me, and I and it it wasn't the uh, the peanut bar thing. <laughs> right before you started the intro, you said oh, I had something worked out for this. Oh well, and then just went into a standard intro. That would drive me fucking nuts. If I had something worked <laughs> out, if I had an intro worked out, and I'd put some time and effort into figuring it out, and then I forgot it, there's no way I'd be able to go. Oh well. Just do something else. That would drive me nuts. See, this is the difference between our brains. Mine, mine works properly. Yours yeah, does things I like don't. that. <laughs> mine is racked with a lifetime of neurosis. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was thinking about thinking about it last night. I was like, oh yeah, I, should, I need to work out a, a, an opening for tomorrow. I was like, oh well, I won't do the Japanese thing because we did that the other yeah. week, and I can't remember what it was. I had this idea I, like about half an hour after I decided I need to do it. Just I was doing something else, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll do that. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, that's great. And then I went to bed and then apparently completely washed my brain clean last night while sleeping and have no idea what it was now. But there we go. You had that, I, um, had that intro. So after the fun and hijinks and shenanigans of last <laughs> week, I was just like, right, this week I need to I need to get back on it. I need to bring back some of the touchy glory days where we go into full on nonsense. No ideas. All week I've been trying. <laughs> All week I've been trying to come up. I have one, and I got I got it half fleshed out, and then I was just like, I can't think of the rest. I don't know what's going on. So if, well, if I fleshed that out by next week, we'll have some more fun. We'll get back to the glory days. But at the moment, the glory days are long behind us. <laughs> there, there you have it, folks. Forty-two episodes in, and that's it. Our best days are yeah. behind us. So I hope you all Sorry, enjoyed space. it. Sorry, space. There'll be a lack of fun. <laughs> Uh, just wait till next week. <laughs> you just wait till next week when we when we've got our acts together. Yeah. Um, there was something actually off of the back of last week. Um, I don't know if any of you noble listeners of ours um, have you noticed how that's becoming more satirical every time I say yeah. the word noble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm clearly getting jaded in my old age. Um, I don't know if any of you guys checked the uh, check out our socials, but on Twitter, um, I tweeted about last week's one and I tagged a whole bunch of people in it. And obviously, a large portion of the conversation, particularly in the introduction section, was about Bad Dragon. Yeah. Now, I assumed uh, a forward-thinking, woke company like that would have a Twitter. They don't, apparently. Um, so instead, I shared the tweet with a hashtag, Bad Dragon. Yeah. Then about five minutes later, I thought, oh, if I click on there, that might <laughs> take me to their player um, <laughs> account. And maybe I just haven't found it. So I'm sat here on my work PC and I clicked on the bad dragon hashtag yeah, on Twitter. Be doing that. I've never shut down a browser tab so fast in my life. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, <laughs> I did post our brief text conversation as a warning to the listeners not to, <laughs> not to say, not to make the same mistake you did. But um, yeah, I did click on it, but I clicked on it on my phone. So it was all, it was all good. I'm not going to get fired for that. I mean, I have since then gone on there on my phone and, uh, you know, marked it as favourite. Yeah. 
but seriously, <laughs> there are a lot of ladies out there who want to get fucked by Dragon Dick. I, I know. Just, Why do you think I got so excited when we come up with our, our spin-off? Like, what was it? <laughs> Larpin's favourite sex toys. Goblin dicks and stuff. There's a, there's a whole market of there's a whole market out there that just waiting to be like fucking just waiting to taken be over. tapped into. We can get some great market penetration. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to stop clapping every time I think something's funny because yeah, I, I was listening back last week and it just annoyed me. So it doesn't so, come uh, across very well in no, an audio no, only format. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You, uh, you'd be shocked. Like we've got some female listeners that I'm sure would be sitting there just thinking, like, that is the furthest thing from what I would call enjoyable is getting fucked by a giant oversized dragon dick. But <laughs> I'm looking at you, Stace. But um, <laughs> there are an incredible number of women out there that are just like, no, dragon dicks are where it's at. <laughs> Give me that sweet, sweet, scaly loving. I mean, yeah. I'm shocked that they don't have Twitter, though. I thought they would have it. I, I genuinely thought they would. Yeah, they they have a, a Facebook um, and they have a website. Obviously, the website yeah. was well. I didn't. I, I saw they had a website. I didn't actually go onto it because the Facebook and the, the Twitter hashtag were more than enough for me at that time. And I mean, I was literally eating my breakfast as I yeah. did that on Wednesday. And I'll be honest, I didn't need that. No. <laughs> I have got on their website because I was going to pick out some. I was going to do like a, a. I was meant to, sorry, do a, a run, a run through of the toys and try and sell you on each one last week, but <laughs> kind of got caught up in it all and forgot to do that. But yeah, the website scares the hell out of me. I mean, like, you're welcome. You're welcome, guys. You know because yeah. uh, <laughs> you had quite enough of that without a, a detailed rundown yeah. and references from Reggie on the bad dragon toys. I saw one. I saw one that put the fear of God in me. <laughs> it was like it was like a flashlight, but it was like a demon head. I know you're meant to fuck the demon in the mouth. It terrified the life out of me. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Like what? I understand that you like sexuality and what gets someone turned on. Like, it can start in one place, and then you just add layers and add layers, and, <laughs> and, it, and it becomes an of, onion of sexuality. It's yeah, a sexuality it, onion. But I, I fear the man. that's like, yeah, I want to fuck a demon mouth. That's that's the thing. That's that. All my sexual life, <laughs> I've I've been building towards this one moment where I want to fuck a demon mouth. <laughs> I I'm gonna be honest. If if I'm in the right mood, I'll put it in anything. I don't care if it's a demon mouth, if it's a, it's a a freaking shaped like a I can't think of anything ridiculous to say now. Shaped like a car, whatever. If I'm in the right mood, I'll close my eyes and put it in anything. Yeah, but if if you close your eyes, then it doesn't really matter what the thing looks like, does it? It could just yeah, but, be a static flashlight. But, but if you've got one of those things, it's I, the I'm, same. It's the same as like prison sex. If you close <laughs> if you close your eyes. <laughs> <coughs> Reggie here, Email. the hardened ex-con, giving us no, insights into nothing. prison life. No, I'm trying to think about it though, right? If you close your eyes, it could be any mouth around your penis. It doesn't matter. As long as the person has got bit, if you can confuse, you can convince yourself. <coughs> Same yeah, with anal. Who, who really looks? If I'm trying to choose you know, my words very carefully, between, because between I'm, like straight and gay, is the <laughs> vagina. Aside from that, it's just a tight hole. Yeah. 
I've been very careful with this conversation because I'm very aware that my child is in the room next door. <laughs> and last week I was told that they could hear most of what we were discussing. So Amy had to put music on to drown us out. Now, she can't do that being in the room next door. So, uh, <clears throat> but allow me if I can to phrase this in a way that will remain completely you or at the very worst PG. Who looks down when they have their thing in a thing designed for doing that thing that you buy those things for and looks actually looks at it because if you've ever done that when you're actually doing it it looks ridiculous i've never done it i, I can honestly say i've never i've never used a flashlight I've never no no, no i'm just other. talking about if you look down while you're using your hand while you're oh. doing it oh it yeah looks yeah ridiculous. Can't do that. yeah no yeah so why <laughs> would you do that with like a, a lump of silicone on it it would just <laughs> you're just gonna look ridiculous it's like, like, a, like a humping a polyp or something it's just why <laughs> I feel dirty once after I finish. Like it's it'd be ten times worse if I actually watch myself doing it. No, eyes on the screen. Doing this wrong, time. I swear. Jesus. Yeah. Normally afterwards, I just feel relaxed and ready to get on with other stuff. <laughs> Don't lie. Afterwards, you're licking your hand clean. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we were in a pandemic and had no loo roll. What the fuck is the man supposed to do? <laughs> I need my socks. I can't go to Primark to buy new socks. I can't. So what? What am I supposed to do? Waste not. We're in a not. pandemic, mate. I haven't been shopping. I need protein. I need protein. Yeah. <laughs> Low fat, high protein. It's like a fucking, it's like one of them Huel power shakes, but, you know, homemade and still warm. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just got gentlemen. visions of you being one of them gym pricks, but instead of like getting out your protein shake, once you've, like, you've done your 20 minute vein workout. Just like for the sake of insta workout. Yeah. <laughs> You just go to like, there's a fridge in, in this imaginary gym, there's a fridge and a microwave. And you just go and get this little pie out, warm it up and then just knock it back. Just knock it back. Mm. And everyone's like, what the fuck is that? Where's your protein? <laughs> oh, mate. Low fat, high protein. And it's na all natural. Totally pure organic. Rooney. <laughs> organic Rooney. Organic yeah. Rooney. To be fair, I, I imagine that those sorts of gyms are like that anyway. They all just... They, they what's it called the uh oh dutch thing dutch rudder it's, it's circle jerk yeah you know. oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 i imagine they all just do that before they go in for their workouts or probably after their workouts and then just each hold a cup for the man next to them and just well, i assume just, i don't know i've been hate. to a gym <laughs> that's just See, that's, a, that's pure rooney oh, i've never done it so therefore i'm gonna slag it therefore off. i'm gonna slate it yep yeah whereas <laughs> I will be able to tell you if, I, if I'm going to be in any circle jerks once this lockdown finishes, because the next step in my evolution as a man is to uh, is to join the gym and start doing some weights. I think. Well, I hope you like the taste of some other man's semen. Oh, no, it'll be strictly mine. It'll be strictly your... Oh, OK, you'll be the one in the corner just watching. Yeah. <laughs> Filling your own cup, so to speak. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> it's a pandemic. <laughs> Lord knows how this thing spreads. It could spread through... Same. <laughs> I mean, isn't it a respiratory respiratory tract infection? So, I mean, yeah, but there could be another pandemic. A set. Someone could fuck a grey, and then <laughs> knew you were going to say that. I, I was waiting. I was counting down the seconds. Do you mention someone making contact with a grey? <laughs> Gene Roddenberry could get fucked from beyond the grave, and next thing you know, we could have a a a, a bodily fluid pandemic on our hands what what would the world do if it was like suddenly all bodily all 
sexual bodily fluid could I mean, you're you're really highlighting your age there because we were too young to really remember the AIDS pandemic in, oh, uh, in the 80s. <laughs> I but that's exactly it. what you just described. <laughs> yeah, but that's not. But you can't catch AIDS from like swallowing a load, can you? I have, I have no idea. I don't know anything about AIDS. I've had no. I've never had any but need to look just, into. Just it, then, so. right? There was there was there was one of my favourite moments in this podcast, which is where you say something. I counter with something else and I suddenly see the penny drop and I can see this dawning on your face. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> if this video calls better quality, I'd capture that and put it in a GIF. <laughs> I can't always argue have arguments that I don't believe in. Like I we <laughs> I do it every so often. Really? I, know that, I mean that's that's basically your life, isn't it? I know I'm wrong ten seconds into the argument. But I still go and I get more passionate as I go because I can't always just back down and go, no, you're right. It's not It's not as entertaining as when I try and argue back. True. And it would start to be just like the, the Rooney Says podcast, which yeah. well, people have to live with that in the real world. They don't need that in their ear tubes whilst they're driving. Also, um, I did mean to say uh, <laughs> at the beginning of this episode... Um, please take care if you're driving whilst listening to this podcast, because we have been made aware that we can be distracting to listen to whilst driving. So, you know, two hands on the wheel, two and ten, eyes on the road, <laughs> no laughing, even when I say gash flash. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a phrase I forgot I'd used until I was yeah. reminded. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about well, what was that? When was that? Oh, that was when I was getting horrified because he was he was trying to fuck the camera with his crutch. Yeah, now I remember. <laughs> That's why I don't remember him saying gash flash. That's I was trying to do my Twitch streamer impression. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, that, you may not be aware of this, guys, because we have managed to chat shit for nearly 20 minutes thus far. But we don't actually have an intro planned for today's no, episode. That's why it keeps going quiet. As soon as <laughs> one of us makes a joke, there'll be a pause of about five seconds or I'm just like, <laughs> But the other one's brain spools up like yeah. a laboring ftl drive i'm um, like I've got, I've got to think of something to say what can i say like what is there to talk about it's like, difficult because no one's done anything for like no. fucking nearly nearly 12 months now we've all just been sat in our houses desperately trying not to go insane and murder our significant others it's like if if i had the life bef- i had before pandemic you still didn't do anything no <laughs> <laughs> exactly it would still be d- dull as fuck <laughs> Yeah, but you would do stuff, and then I could, you could just come back and tell me, and I would just listen to you. Yeah, true. Actually, I, I am looking forward to that when you know, when I can, I can see like my friend here oh, and, and just I, like mention stuff that we yeah. haven't already discussed. Yeah, <laughs> I got something to, that, that I can announce. It's probably about twenty twenty years too late for everybody that's ever been involved with me doing this one thing. But yeah, I've, I'm announcing my retirement from making music. <laughs> Is this my fault? Is this yes? <laughs> it's because you you hurt my feelings. Like I'm not I'm not afraid to admit it. it two hours <laughs> hard work got turned into a piece of hold music, and I know we weren't meant to talk about it on the pod, but we got fuck all else to talk about. So, <laughs> right, listen, guys, for a little bit of context here, Reggie made uh, a very nice. Oh, a shut very, up. A very, no, what? No, it was oh, genuinely Andrew. a nice piece of music using the. It was the, the the G scale, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, piano G scale, and he made this very nice piece of music with a nice drum line and what have you. It was very nice, 
unfortunately to me it just sounded like a, a bank advert or some kind of corporate introduction sort of thing that you see when they're releasing a new product you know like tesla releasing their, their their new cyber truck and they do this sort of thing or or hsbc are launching a new mortgage and they have that that that's sort of like very uplifting it's because you used the the, the g major scale i it know just immediately sounded like it and then like i got bored yesterday so i added a vocal track to it <laughs> which you will now edit in here which i'll now edit in right here Here at RuneCorp, we know that the last 12 months have been hard on everyone. That's why we're introducing RuneChat. Our developers have used state-of-the-art AI algorithms to create the world's first completely autonomous chatbot. Simply activate the discreet and aesthetically pleasing peg station and RuneBot will pop into life to help you fill those dark moments in lockdown. RuneCorp, making life bearable. See, so that's why I'll be um, honest. I did took me two hours to do it, right? I just spent two hours on my phone, really? wow. like literally did it in two hours Thursday night when I was really bored on the Garage Band app on my oh phone. Oh my goodness! So you know, I'm not exactly working with quality technology. I was just had <laughs> it on my phone. And I was like, oh, this will be fun, and I kind of googled the G major scale, kind of relearned the small smidgen of music knowledge I had from all those years <laughs> ago. And yeah, I thought I thought it sounded all right until you pointed it out, and then I went back and listened, and I was like, "Motherfucker's right. This is the shit music that I get made to listen to every time I'm on hold with someone that I complain about every single time." And now I've just gone and made some myself. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, mate, that that is where the money is these days. Unless you get, unless you hit the big time, backing music and that sort of stuff, companies so got that shit up. I got a career of making backing Land music as long as I only use the G major scale. Do you know what? Do you know what? I might actually start using that for the uh, the musical interludes on on oh, this God. podcast. Oh come on! I mean that's 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 going to go out to tens of people a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, guys. We're falling back on the classics here. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. we got no listeners. <laughs> um, do you know what? I haven't actually looked at it. And I, unless it, I, I've been sent a screenshot from you, I don't think I've even looked at the numbers since since November. I, I cast an eye over it every so often, yeah. because I'm looking for the big milestones so that yeah. I can get all excited about it. Um, the one thing I that thing I sent you the other day, yeah. I, I don't know, guys, if you're listening from Germany, um, Guten Morgen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's sorry. the extent of my German. Oh yeah. no, no, I do know one. Um, Scheiße Kopf. Apparently that means shithead in, in German. Um, okay. Yeah, there we go. That's that's the extent of my German language knowledge. Um, but hi, guys, because apparently, like, what was it? Week before We're last? big in Germany, all right? We're big in Germany. We did a Hoff because all of a sudden, in like one day, we had 70 hits from Germany. And that's, that's like, I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> we know what episode it was, though. Um. Yeah, I did look at it, but I can't remember what it was now. I'm assuming we hit some some kind of German bot or something hit us. Yeah. Um, and and just spammed us out to a bunch of of websites or something. Some kind of crawler bot hit us. 
Um, because I can't imagine suddenly 70 Germans were like, you know what? Yeah, I need to check out the talk until the joy is gone the podcast. Because that's how yeah. Germans talk in my head. They're never, never going to listen to us ever again. They're never going to listen to us ever again. I do apologize, guys. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in anyway. Bye, Germany. I think, I think word got out that Pops is secret Nazi. So that's why... Um, that's why Lester started listening. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely my bad impression that's that's going to scare him away. Yeah. Rather than you, you basically inferring that all Germans are Nazis. That's yeah. Okay. Well, if they were still uh, listening, they aren't anymore. Not all Germans. <laughs> Jürgen Klinsmann and Stefan Freund aren't aren't, uh, aren't Nazis. <laughs> They're world class footballers <laughs> from about twenty years ago. Oh yeah, and it's only football fans that are the Nazis, not the footballers. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Hello, Germans. Hi. <laughs> I've been to your country numerous times. Berlin is one of my absolute favourite places in the entire world. So, congratulations. Oh, and congratulations on Schnitzel because that shit is fucking awesome. Oh, actually, yeah, Schnitzels are fucking awesome. We, um, when I was in Berlin, we went on this bike. We can't bike. Um, tour of berlin so like we kind of met in the morning we all got given bikes and we drove we rode around berlin on bikes but we stopped for lunch oh mate it was so fun i hate cycling so i know but it was so fun like i would do a bike tour of any city i go to now after that that was amazing i mean obviously i had great company and there was great food and (laughs) what are them big glasses that the the germans drink beer in stein yeah big stein of beer for my lunch Nice. But it, it was awesome. It, right, it was awesome. Right up until the last stop, where we stopped in a car park, and everyone was like looking at each other, like "What the fuck?" Everywhere else, it's obvious <laughs> why we stopped there. And then suddenly, we were just stopped in this car park with some flats, and we were all standing around looking really confused. And then the tour guide, she's like, "Yeah, I can see by your faces, you're probably wondering why we've stopped in this <laughs> random car park. It is because right belief where you're standing." was Hitler's secret bunker where he killed himself. And it was like, wow. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, except I saw a car park and not the secret bunker. So it's probably not there anymore, to be fair. I think it got no. blown up by the oh, Allies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. The um, the uh, the Holocaust kind of stop where we had to go and stop and see all the names. Of, oh, that was pretty horrific. But, I imagine that would be unpleasant, yes. Yeah. We went, I actually think about it, it was one of the weirdest experiences of my life. But if you think back to when we started hanging out and started going out and doing stuff, it's no different to that. Mm. We went, we stopped, we, we had dinner one night and we stopped in this bar on the way back for a couple of drinks, as you do. And uh, everyone indoors in this bar was fucking smoking. And I was just sat there drinking my drink, like watching everyone smoke cigarette after cigarette. And I was just like, I'm only about 15 years removed from being one of these people, but this is so fucking mind bending to me. (laughs) Like just watching all these people smoking indoors in a bar. I was just like, wow, I feel like I'm the seventies all over again. (laughs) Do you feel like you're in the seventies all over again? Weren't you born in 81? No, I said, it feels like the seventies. I'm just assuming that's what the seventies were like. That's what the seventies were like. It was like the eighties all over again. (laughs) And my house was like, there's a smog of cigarette fume. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember that. Whenever my dad's family would would come over to visit, or we'd go visit them, you'd get about you get a couple of hours in, and yeah, if it wasn't summer and the windows weren't open, 
that yeah. it was like you couldn't stand up because your head disappeared into a fog because every one of them was a chain smoker. My dad, my nan, my granddad all just chain smoking while me, my mum and my brother were just like dying. <laughs> <laughs> just slowly asphyxiating in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I, I just opened up the Auschwitz Memorial um, Twitter. Oh, because you're going to read all six million names, right? Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, you said about the, the, the memorial one, I was going to say. Yeah. Um, I, I follow the Auschwitz Memorial Twitter account because I decided, you know, that's the sort of thing that, that people need to periodically be reminded about. Um, but it's really depressing. I won't unsubscribe from it. I won't stop following them or, or mute them because, you know, that's yeah. just rude. But it's really depressing because they've got one here now. By the way, it's Auschwitz at Auschwitz Memorial on Twitter. If anyone else wants to follow it and be thoroughly depressed every morning. It's the first thing in the morning. I get up like when I'm working. I get up. Load up the PC. Up. Check out my my mass genocide. Check out and who died. About my day. In, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. I open up my Twitter, and it's like on oh, my tweet deck because I'm one of the cool kids. Um, and then I've got like the overnight updates of of look at this person. They were twelve when they were killed in a gas chamber. And it's like, oh god damn it. Yeah, so, I couldn't do that. I couldn't follow that. That would put me in a bad mood. I learned like a about a year ago that I am. At my most vulnerable in the first half an hour that I wake up in the morning, my mood for the day isn't set. So I tend to try and listen to something funny as soon as I wake up in that first <laughs> half hour. When, I, when I'm having my first coffee, I tend to listen to something funny or interesting, something that's going to get my spirits up to go go about and attack my day. Yeah, I couldn't. If I if that was the first thing I saw every morning, I would literally be, I don't know, slitting my wrist by lunchtime. I'm- if I'm getting up for work, I'm already in a bad mood. So that just plays into that. That's what I want. First thing in the morning is, yeah. is it's more despair. negativity, more despair. <laughs> no, I, I, need I need jokes first thing in the morning. Cause that helps me set my mood a long, long time ago. In a galaxy someone, far away. No, a long, long time ago in Park Street, a very smart girl that goes by the name Space Monkey Zero, once said to me, I choose my mood. Every day I get up and I decide I'm going to be happy. And therefore, I'm happy. And for years, <laughs> sorry, Stace, I thought you were full of shit. I was like, uh, every day, I don't wake up wanting to be miserable. I don't choose to be miserable. It just fucking happens. It's just, that's who I am. But no, I think I think there's some truth in what she said. Like, if I wake up and I... Do the right things, go through the right motions. I can definitely put myself in a positive frame of mind for the day. I mean, the days I forget fair, to yeah. do things, I I, uh, <laughs> I just don't. If I if I wake up, up if I wake up and I've got a young lady sucking my dick, and that's going to yeah. put me in a better mood. I mean, I'm going to be in a marvelous mood if that happens. I'm just putting that out there, Amy. You know, I, was I mean, say, when was the last time that? Happened? Um, what year would that be? Two thousand and. One, two thousand and two? No, oh, probably okay. a little bit later than that. Long time ago, basically. <laughs> it was twenty years ago that that you last. I don't think. Oh, actually, no. I'm learning to be a better podcaster because now I'm learning to not get involved <laughs> <laughs> in these conversations. I'm learning not to. Uh... The good thing is, Amy doesn't often listen to to whole episodes no. because most of the time when she listens to to podcasts or stuff like that. She's at home and the child is at home. So she can't really put our podcast on in the background while she's doing other stuff because, um, well, my child would 
he, yeah. it would warp his tiny little mind. I just so next week I can just take a week off and you can do three hours on your own, right? Wait, what are we doing next week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm it depends on what we're doing next week because there are some weeks where I could comfortably do the episode on my own just because I've got so much shit to say. <laughs> well, you you give me a heads up because if I'm not actually needed on this podcast anymore, then you know, uh, actually, I'll just pop in like week. once a month. I'll just pop in once a month to, to bring some guest star for half an hour, and then, then you. Um, I'll still post about it though for you on your behalf because you know I'll support you because I can't I can't handle the Instagram. Um, it's actually your choice next week, and you haven't chosen anything. So there you go. Just bear that in mind because we need to know. To, uh, like... Cowboys and Aliens. Are you shitting me? Well, you don't like that film. That was awful. I've only seen it once. Yes, yeah, so I've. It was awful. I saw it once because my dad. Uh, I don't know. It's got it's got a special special place in my heart because my dad was just like, "You've got to watch this film. You'll love it. You'll love it. You'll love it." And I did enjoy it. So yeah probably biased right we're not doing that then um you have to week, choose right now because right, he's just turned around he's looking at the shelves <laughs> above his bed now to see if there's anything that's going to inspire him <laughs> um, you know we have a list right in the dropbox of various ideas we put together well i say we there's about half a dozen left in there that you suggested right back at the beginning and you haven't added anything to it since just you know just putting that out there we're we're 10 weeks away from uh from having done this for a year and you've not added anything okay <laughs> i'm busy making hold music all right like you're, you're... <laughs> <laughs> you to think... that took you like two hours it did take out of a 24 hour day so you had 22 hours i know that you can't fucking fap for for, for 22 hours so you know oh, i've had to stop that it's just swollen and sore now so Oh my god, there's a mental image I did not need. Um, no. Get a bit of Savlon on that, mate. It'll be right and great. <laughs> uh, right, before we drive away any more listeners, should we move on to the actual subject of this week's episode? Yeah, because I've got even less to say on that. Yeah, he, <laughs> he did warn me before the episode started, he only has like six notes. Um, I have a few more than that, but um, yeah, not not a massive amount more because as, as we realised... Um, when we when we started reading this book, it is a thoroughly enjoyable book. That but it is. There is not a lot to to talk about on it, <laughs> so bear with us. Now, first of all, I'll tell you what the book is because it was my choice this week. Um, it's called All You Need Is Kill, uh, and it's a Japanese light novel by Hiroshi Sakurazaka. And I apologise in advance if I'm more any more Japanese words in this episode because, yeah, I'm not very good at. Uh, announcing them now one of the things pronouncing them yeah not announcing them shut up i'm hang on a minute hang on i'm the one that does the correcting of people's grammar on this you corrected me about 87 times last week and it felt quite (laughs) personal by the end so i thought i'd I'd take my i'd take my shot i mean if you don't want to be corrected get good scrub um otherwise just suck it up buttercup Uh, it figures out why i am the way i am because don't nobody want no scrub don't nobody want no scrub there you go Uh, Oh, no, he's, he's he's finally working out the dynamic of our friendship. It's, yeah, it's only taken how many years? <laughs> yeah. I'm the one hanging out there, hang, hanging That's out the back of your car. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Right, this is a complete aside, and I realise we've just started the notes on this. But yeah. 
every time I hear that song, I cannot help but remember this is going back a long time when a certain unpleasant person we used to be friends with was the first person in our social group to get his license and get a car. And he had a shitty little blue Fiesta. And I remember, I think you were there. You and Dow were in the back. I was in the passenger seat at the front, obviously. And we'd gone somewhere. I think we went to like fucking Church Langley Tesco or something just because we could. (laughs) And we're on the way back. It was summertime. And we were driving down um, Southern Way. Yeah. And, yeah, we were literally doing that. The three of us had our windows open and were shouting at young ladies as we drove past and old people and random people. <laughs> we were just basically shouting at people because we, we felt invincible because we were in a car and they couldn't, it wasn't our car. Whilst yeah. driving was just basically cringing and trying to hide behind the steering wheel. It's like, Every there's time another I hear that, play on this car, they can trace it back to my house. <laughs> like, Can't trace me, motherfucker. Oi, lady, <laughs> you ever had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? <laughs> Yeah, I just every time I hear that song or that line from that song, I just think of that, and it's one of those ridiculous memories that is yeah. just ingrained into my brain. <laughs> every time I hear that song, I'm gonna cry a little inside because I am the scrub. Yeah, we have all we have all been the scrub, Reggie. It's just it's the circle of life. life yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, scrub. Let's get back to where we were. Now, one of the things. One of the things that um, I actually thought of whilst I was reading this, this is about the sixth time I've read this book um, because I really like it. And I'd never actually thought, what is a light novel? Because I just, I was just like, oh, it's just, just is what it is. I assumed it was just their way of saying novella, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah. It's essentially a novella or just a short novel. Traditionally, uh, they were aimed at the sort of tween, young uh, adult, audience okay yeah but some like this one uh are aimed at a slightly older audience given you know some of the uh graphicness of the 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 violence and the language and yeah. general unpleasantness I think, it's, um, I think it's quite good i like a 200 page book it's great isn't it they're, they're, they're basically sure, like... digestible i mean you're not gonna maybe that's why there's not a mass amount of notes because you're not really digging too deep into things like you're kind of it's very surface there it's got a very minimalist kind of chuck paulinic vibe to it it's all first person it's all very surface level it tells you just what you need to get you through that scene there's no like four five pages of oh let's describe the scene before we actually get into it it's just you get the basic. You get the, the you major need. beats to know, yeah. the, to set the scene in your head, and then you're off. I think that's one of the things I really appreciated about it. Well, they're, sort of, they're sort of intended for reading on your commute, because obviously yeah. in Japan, the commute is a big part of basically everybody's daily routine. Yeah. Uh, probably even more so than it is in the UK. And something like this is perfect for that, because you don't want to be reading like fucking War and Peace on the train. Oh, no. Trying to get into, you know, d- deep into the meaning of the way of the water warrior, whilst you've got some sweaty fat man encroaching on your seat on the tube it's just it's not... very much like a it feels like more like a comic book than a novel and i these are these are I'm very a often fan of comic books so <laughs> there's no detriment in in what i just said i just mean it as like you do get the odd bit of description like mm. i can i'm not going to blow one of my notes now because i've only got six but <laughs> there's a certain thing that get that 
gets referred to a lot mm. in this book um, for colours, for this, for that. So there is a certain amount, but it'll be a line. It'll be, yeah. Uh, he sees this and it looks like this. Yeah. Not a paragraph describing what something looks like. <laughs> but that one line functions the same as the art in a comic book. Yeah. So you're getting, so you've got to have that one line to take the place of the art. But the rest of the stuff going on around it is more or less just the dialogue balloons, maybe an in, internal yeah. monologue here and there. It's, it's got a lot more in common with a comic book than it has uh, for a free. 50 400 page novel where you're going to go deeper these uh light novels will also at the start or at key points and usually at the start of a chapter will have uh a manga page basically animating or or, or, you know basically depicting some important thing or what have you this in its original uh japanese publication does has those as well um and they are they are a popular resource for manga and animes these these yeah. uh, light novels because they are basically written ready to be adapted there there is yeah. uh, a manga and a graphic novel um the manga's not bad the graphic novel is pretty awful um no anime yet I, actually i have a note about that so we can get onto that later but yeah they they do read like what well, they read like an anime to me which is yeah. again i was I watching read... anime this morning so that's yeah. not a that's not a bad thing coming from me <laughs> i read in the back of the book that um Obviously, this is it was adapted as a as a manga a few years after it was released. Then whatever it is you're going to announce later got announced. But it was wasn't it the first book that was put out by a publishing company that were like, oh, these are really popular in our country. Yeah. If we reproduce them for the Western market, we can double our market share. Yeah. So Har- this, was Har- this like Har- Soku or something is the publishing company. I think, yeah, well, yeah, you've got the book there. H a i k a s o r u, Hakasoru. That's it. Yeah, yeah. they're the uh, they're the, the basically they publish um, young adult, uh, young adult bloody light novels in the UK. Yeah, I have a stack of them for bloody Sword Art Online because I'm a fucking weeaboo apparently. <laughs> you you once told me you couldn't stand Stephen King because Stephen King books were written as as if the movie deal had already been done, like they yeah. were, like. But you love this, even though it's written basically ready to be adapted for anime. Is it more that you're just into anime than you are into Stephen King films? Yeah, Quite probably, like... yeah. I don't, I don't generally like Stephen King films in any of his films. I've seen several of them. I'm, I'm not a fan of you know things that are adapted from his books, and I'm not a fan of his books. You're not a I fan just... of The Shining. No, it's a good film. It's all right. Very good film. I can't say I know. I know a lot about Stephen King. Uh, that TV miniseries of it terrified the shit out of me <laughs> for years oh, um, that year when i was at fucking in yeah. secondary school yeah it was serialized on sky one wasn't it yeah i couldn't yeah, pass the drain for ages without getting some kind of like ptsd um i did i watched the first part of the remake of it yeah yeah <laughs> hi georgie you want a balloon do they float they all float, float down, down here, here georgie <laughs> I watched the um, the film, like the remake version of the first one, when I was on a plane. It was all right. Yeah. It uh, but um, well, that's I've the same place to watch a film of... about drains, isn't it? When yeah. you're thirty thousand yeah. feet in the air. I've only read a couple of Stephen King books, and they were both like novellas. So I've never actually, I've got a few, but every time I, I take a look at it and go, "Is today the day that I start this?" 
I look at the page count and I'm like, nah, I'll come back to it. <laughs> Read some of his older ones. Carrie and things like that. Carrie's not bad. Um, yeah, I do remember you telling me that was this. And that's bad. that's that's typical paperback length. I think it's sub yeah. three hundred pages. So okay, can, you can burn through them pretty quickly. But <laughs> uh, he can't be doing all that. He can't be doing that much wrong. Like he is Stephen King. Oh, he is fucking Stephen King. Yeah, he is absolutely minted and basically a, a, a household name. So, yeah. but it's just me. I just don't like his. I don't like his work. Ho hum! Don't at me, horror nerds. I don't care. It's not Japanese enough for you, is it? Not Japanese enough for me. Fuck you, right? I don't, <laughs> at the moment, I'm reading a fucking compilation of Edgar Allan Poe uh, novels, which is awesome. Even though uh, I just finished reading one, <laughs> the first one in this fucking compilation, uh, the Gold Bug, it's called. And there is a there is a it's obviously set way back when, just yeah. just post. Um, uh american civil war okay so slavery is still very much a a, a recent yeah. memory and yeah. there's a manumitted slave in this an old black guy his his speech is written like an old black southern slave okay talk. it was painful to try and just like translate it i mean when it was when it was published initially people yeah. were used to hearing like that, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. I'm sitting there, and I, there's some of the lines, and I'm having to reread it three or four times. And I'm like, there's words that crop up, and like, I have no idea what that means. And then it will use it again, and I'm like, oh, it gives me context. Oh, so that means that. And it's just, oh my God, that was, that took me the longest part of reading that fucking, that, yeah. that was a, a novella. Oh, I can't God. say it was as hard as that, but the first time I read an Irving Welsh no- novel, <laughs> and, I, and I had to figure out what all the Scottish slang meant. That, it took me a bit longer to read that book because I was just kind of like, oh, Scran is food. Okay. <laughs> this is this. this is oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. That's the worst one I read. Uh, Master, of, Master of Ballantry? Ballantry? Yeah. That's all written. That was from back in the late 1800s or something. And it's all written. It's written yeah. by Scotsman. Okay. And they're all, all the writing and the spelling and the talking is done in this really sort of like strong... Scottish colloquialism. It's yeah. almost indecipherable to a soft southerner like me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can that all, all day long. Yeah, you just uh, <laughs> yeah, we just yeah. we froze for a moment there. I'll, yeah, I'll edit that out. So I made my first good joke of, of the entire episode, and then you froze on me. I was just like, this is <laughs> right. Let's swerve this meandering ship back on course. Um. Guys, I hope you don't listen to my voice because, you know, as we said, Reggie has like six notes and I have a probably 30 something. So, uh, oh, good. I mean, this is yeah. not going to be one of them episodes where I do like note after note after note and then have to catch myself and be like, <laughs> really might want to say something soon. <laughs> really yeah. might have something to offer here. Uh, the opening paragraphs of this book are pretty intense. Yeah. They, they, they do, I noticed the phrase I've realized I use a lot in this podcast, but it sets its stall out very early. Because right from the off, you're just thrown right in at the deep end. And it's, oh, this happens, this happens, this happens. Oh, my God, my bowels. And then it's like, it's lot, there's lots of death, lots of stress and graphic descriptions of violent deaths. It's There's also a line, I think it's on page two, that instantly told me why you love this book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it says, if it moves, fuck it. <laughs> That's a Yonobaru line, isn't it? Yeah. 
I think I actually looked at that and I was like, should I take a note on that? No, no, I know, I know the way Reggie's mind works. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to. He literally <laughs> says, if it moves, fuck it. What really likes this book? That was, my, <laughs> that was my quick note on page two. I was, I'm off, I'm off. I've got a note on page two. Yes. I was, I was a little that. bit worried because several of my notes refer to um, you, make references okay. to you in a less than positive light. The fact that you have opened this episode, a <laughs> <laughs> discussion of this book with that, I've, I now feel no compunction whatsoever. So That's brace right. yourself for that. <laughs> Any of our regular listeners know that I'm remedial anyway. So <laughs> you're not going to be like... Uh, light bulbs over in anyone's head by pointing these things out to anyone this will be the first episode your mum listens to and i'll I'll have her knocking on my door give me a right telling off <laughs> and be like, oh my god someone else that, that understands my pain <laughs> yeah i'll have to add her to the support group on yeah. whatsapp <laughs> he's a nightmare right yeah yeah absolute nightmare uh, <laughs> the, the, the first chapter obviously we said like it starts very it's a very intense start to the book um, that first chapter, chapter right up to where Keiji sees death that we later find yeah. out is actually Rita Vratasky. Uh, what? Rita Vratasky. There we go. That's um, exactly how I imagine an actual battle would be for someone like stuck in the middle of it. it noisy, yeah. confusing, terrifying, and ultimately probably infuriating because you suddenly realize I'm here. I don't want to be here. And now because I'm here, I'm going to die. Why am I even here? <laughs> in a human standpoint it's that thing where you're like i'm convinced i'm convinced this is what's going to change things this is what's going to turn my life around this is what's going to do it until you're in that and then you're like oh this was a bad idea i should have listened to everybody else who told me i was wrong i shouldn't have been so staunch in my this is what i need to do because uh, <laughs> he says later on like i came here to prove what like yeah. i came to prove myself in war to become better and then it suddenly is his first battle and he's just like i don't want this i don't want to be better i don't care <laughs> he's like this is fucking me. stupid why yeah. am i here yeah. yeah i think we've all done things like that where we suddenly find ourselves in the situation and we're like this seemed like a good idea when i yeah. started it or agreed to do this and now i'm suddenly like no i don't want to do this anymore but it's too late because I'm already here. <laughs> I spent 15 years of my life pushing and pushing away anybody that showed any interest in me. And now look at me. So I totally get it on. A now human. look at you. Exactly. You're yeah. you're you're doing what you love on one of the best podcasts on the internet. Well, what more could you? I'm not one of the most popular. Oh, on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Almost well known or when you, financially when you, viable. Yeah. When you put it like that, fuck. I was a genius. I mean, you're welcome. See, this yeah. is my new role as the. Uh, the demolition man chat booth so <laughs> <laughs> just giving you that pos- that affirmation you need <laughs> you might want to skip half your notes then because there's no point in giving me affirmation just uh you'll turn into the british media you'll build me up for an hour and then take all the joy and just tear me down the lord giveth and the, yeah, lord, the lord taketh, taketh away, away. Yeah. and as we established in the early days of this episode i am a god so it is my prerogative in to do just that podcast. <laughs> from way back when in the, in the early creation myths of Tutjigia. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Very we did a creation God. myth of Tutjigia, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need to get back to that. I need to get my, my brain back to that place where it was just coming up with crazy nonsense every week rather than <laughs> how are we going to make this viable for more people? Fuck <laughs> that shit. Fuck that. We don't care. Nobody no. listens to way. Um, yeah. Oh, it, I did see you upset. You had the fight with the crow outside my window. 
what? Fucking kestrel. You know, like a bird of prey. Just, just having a fight above, uh, in my garden above my window. That's the most surreal thing I've ever seen. Sorry, guys. <laughs> On the note of nobody like cares about our podcast, you finally did a Reggie. I have been known to say some stuff on the pod and then get kind of upset messages from certain people in the Space oh, yes. Monkey group. <laughs> you did a Reggie this week. I did it, do a Reggie. It gave yes. me no end of joy to see someone else do a Reggie. Yeah. I just, I, I thought it was funny. I was being satirical. and oh, I thought I was it like, was funny. Nobody really cares about anyone's podcast. Um, I, I was going to make a t-shirt that said, I'm a podcaster. Ask me about my podcast. Go ahead. Or something like that. And then I was like, no, that's ridiculous. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a fucking ass. No one cares about it. Po- I was like, aha, nobody cares about your podcast. So, yeah, I made a T-shirt and some magnets and what have you. You can now go buy them. I can't remember what the link is, but. Um, yeah. See, I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. It's the perfect self-deprecating humor that I love. Yeah. Um, but some but people... we have some we have some very caring people, apparently, yeah, yeah. In, in, in our Space our Monkey group. Um, who who took me to task and and wanted to make very sure that I knew people do care about our podcast. So thank I, you for that, regardless. It was it was awesome. It was like we care, we care, we care. Please bring the joy back. Please, <laughs> Please make your podcast good again. Yeah. <laughs> Look, here's a picture of a dragon. Make it good again. That's it. That's what you need to design next. I want my own matter hat. Make touchy great again. <laughs> That's what I want. I want a matter hat that I can wear with pride. I did make. I made a a, a banner. You know, obviously, the, the Trump thing was was the yeah. make America great again. Um, I made. <laughs> I made a, a MIGA hat for work. Right. Make, make IT, IT great again. Great again. Okay. And um, I did just. I actually discussed this with my colleagues because I was going to upload it to our. We have like a big video dashboard in our office that shows yeah. our stats of the service desk and everything. And obviously, we share an office with uh, a cross section of the company. So I did discuss it with my colleagues at the time whether it was whether it would be whether other people would get that humour. <laughs> they decided it, we decided it probably wasn't a good idea because whilst there is a subsection of the company that would get that humour. Um, the others would not, and I've been told off for my inappropriate humour at work way too many times. Yeah, snap. <laughs> it's all very, all very nice and very polite tellings off, but at the end of the day, they're like, "That's not, not appropriate, is it?" The last, but it's the funny. last time, the last time I got told off, it was mind blowing. It was like I'd been in this office for about four months, listening to like racism sexism just some of the most heinous shit every single day yeah and no one will tell me what i said because apparently what i said was so harsh that no one wants to repeat it but i know i know that i keep all my harsh shit for touching right i know at that point in time i was going above and beyond to bite my tongue every time something funny came into my head regardless <laughs> like i made no jokes in that job is probably why they one of the reasons they were like man this is one joyless motherfucker let's get rid of him he's bringing everyone down i did everything i could to kind of like keep that side of me like away (laughs) like that's my that's for out of work in work i'm gonna be normal professional no none of my humor or anything apparently i said something that was so heinous that no one was willing to repeat it but i got dragged over hot coals for that that one thing that i apparently said 
when I'd spent four months listening to the most heinous shit. Yeah. It was mind-blowing when I got told that on the phone. I was just like, but, 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 but how? Like, if I was a snitch, I'd sit here for the next half hour and tell you all the shit. I would have lost my shit at that point and just blown the roof off of the whole fucking thing. Yeah, I'm not a snitch, no. I'm not going to throw someone else under the bus to protect myself. So, look, some people deserve to be made into human speed bumps. It's just, it is, they, they, they have earned that right. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to snitching, it's very black and white. Like, for me, anyway. I can't yeah, me too. I'll throw you under the bus myself. in a heartbeat. Yeah, I know you <laughs> <laughs> You're the same man. It's like, if I'm trapped on a spaceship in the middle of nowhere, and there's, there's one escape pod... I ain't helping any of you. I'm taking that escape pod. If someone comes into my house with a gun, I ain't protecting my family. I'm getting the fuck out. If someone wants our podcast, they can have it. Like, (laughs) it's no surprise to me that at this point, you're like, I'll throw you under the bus. I'm 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 nearly pragmatic. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and there are a lot of bigger dogs than me. (laughs) So, Um, anyway, we went off on one there. Um, Oh, I have... I had the first of many quotes from this book because that's a really okay. good way to fill out your notes is to quote interesting passages from the book. Yeah, five of minor quotes. Oh, good. Five <laughs> out of your six notes. Fucking hell. Um, again, I'm not going to do an accent for this because it, I believe it's... I can't remember who it was. That wrote, oh, this was Keiji that says this. That's the thing with books. Half the time, the author doesn't know what the hell he's writing about, especially not those war novelists. This, this book... It's very self-aware. Self-aware, yeah. It, that's, it's, the self-awareness is probably one of the reasons I love this book so much because yeah. it it knows it's a book and it, in a lot of ways, subtly pokes fun at itself. Yeah, it's, I think it's, I think that is almost like a, like we do on this pod. It's like, we'll make outlandish statements and then two seconds later, we're like, yeah, but what the fuck do we know? What the fuck do we know? Like, <laughs> exactly. It is him covering his own back in a way. It's like, I'm writing a war novel about like humans fighting aliens. I've never been to war. I yeah. don't know what the fuck war's like. So I'm just going to do my best appropriation of what it's like. But I'm going to put this line in to explain that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like I the fact that, that you, you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I've never been to war. I've never, I'm not a soldier. You don't mention about the aliens. You know, it's like humanity is in a war yeah. with the aliens. I've never been in a war. Wait, so you have had aliens. Mm. I think now we know where COVID came from. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Sakura Zaka, whose surname I can't pronounce. Oh, gone with Hiroshi. Hiroshi yeah. licked a grey. and uh, <laughs> We figured it out. It's Hiroshi that touched Gene Roddenberry. Touched Got a good idea for a book, but he calls the global <laughs> pandemic. And Mr. the media got it wrong. I expect to see this on some kind of fucking conspiracy page website by the end of the week. <laughs> Author of bestseller, all you need is kill, touch the grey and cause the entire pandemic. Ignore the fact he's Japanese, not Chinese. We he's can't tell. Yeah. They all look the same to us. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be on front of the Daily Gavin. Um, <laughs> fucking love that page. I got a quote for you. People who die in dreams live forever. That's a much different view to the West's view of the, what the, happens when you Western die in view of, Yeah, if yeah. you die in a dream where you yeah, die in a dream, you actually die. Right. It's like, in real life. In real life, yeah. And then apparently over in the East, they're like, oh, if you die in a dream, you'll, you'll live, live forever. forever. Like, I much prefer that one. Yeah. That's a much more Japan. interesting view. I've been having some nightmares lately. I don't know how many more I'm going to get through unscathed. So, <laughs> oh, I'm going to Japan. Um, 
it's not every book that kills the protagonist in the first 14 pages. No. You get like oh. 14 pages of very intense character, sort of like discovery, getting to, to, to know this guy. And then all of a sudden he dies. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. I mean, obviously I knew it was coming because I've read this book half a dozen times, but I remember reading this for the first time. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I remember reading it for the first time. And I think I kind of, I think you told me the, the premise. Hmm beforehand so it didn't shock me as much admittedly i only read the first half of the book that time because i figured out what happened to my uh, copy of the book it was your copy that you lent me yeah i had it in my work bag this was years and years and years ago yeah i was i was reading it on my lunch break and the woman that i was working with 60 something year old a couple of months away from retirement was just like i can't sit with this one person that we both know at lunch anymore she's far too negative it depresses the shit out of me but i don't i've got nothing else to do what am i going to do and i was just like look i've got this book you might not enjoy it but it's something for you to do for an hour so <laughs> take the book she must have enjoyed it because she never gave it back wow and that, yeah that book's doing that book's done the rounds man after after being convinced it was in my loft, then spending half an hour pulling my loft apart when I realised two days before recording that I still hadn't read it. Yeah. And then I had to text you and be like, are you anywhere near the end? Because I need your copy soon. <laughs> but yeah, it all came back to me yesterday when I finished like when I finished reading the book. I was like, now I know where it yeah. is. And now I know why I didn't finish it the first time. Because as much as I was enjoying it, mm. it ended up in... <laughs> in oh, oh, what's that house in the state right next to yours? What, Bar Maid? I know, I know, I Well, you got yours to park and then Bishopsfield. Yeah, and oh, yeah. Bishopsfield. Oh, uh, okay. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always kind of grew up with the idea that, uh, with that Western myth of, like, you die in dreams, you you die forever, or you, you yeah. will end up dying. But it seems much better. To come yeah, from I much prefer that. They're much more that. optimistic. Yeah, I think both of them are like urban legends, especially oh, that the, the, you die in, if you die in a dream. Because I'm fairly certain more than once I've died in a dream, and not recently, and I still ain't dead. Touch wood. I mean, yeah. I might be. This you may be having a sixth sense moment, and I've been I've been dead for years, and you're just talking to my ghost. Who knows? What, what none of the listeners know is that every week I have to do a séance <laughs> of your spirit, and that's why it's a. Uh, that's why I've got no time for nonsense anymore. I'm too busy <laughs> trying to figure out rituals and seances and the best way to get you with a good connection so you don't freeze from the afterlife. <laughs> from the afterlife. You've got, there's yeah. no broadband in the afterlife. It's yeah. funny because the, the backdrop that's set on my uh, Skype at the moment yeah. is the van from uh, inside the van from Phasmophobia. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was meant to ask before we started, but I was. Uh, yeah, that's what that is. I was, I was too busy stuffing my face with bacon rolls. Um, <laughs> This... Whoa, 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 whoa. You have like six notes. You've already done like three of them. <laughs> two. All right. Two. Have you done two, two of them? Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of uh, foreshadowing in this book. Yeah. Which, first time around, I didn't really pick up on. Um, in subsequent reads, it becomes very, very obvious that the, 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 the author is basically going, lol, look at this. Yeah, you don't get what this means yet. But when you, when you get to the end, you're going to be like, yeah. OMG. Um, the, I think the first one is uh, Yonabaru saying, "Besides, you can only die once." Yeah. In a in a perfect blend of that foreshadowing and the book's signature self awareness. Yeah. I like I like Yonabaru in, at the start of the book. is quite a likable character. Yeah. Towards he gets, the end, he 
he gets a bit yeah less so there's not that's the thing is that like i feel like they could have done with maybe another 30 pages in this book to really kind of explain some of the things at the end it almost feels like what happens at the end happens yeah and it's like oh my interest in writing this book is done i'll just i'll write three pages to kind of wrap stuff up and wrap it all up yeah it's a, like, it is a very brief ending. I suppose nobody wants to do a Lord of the Rings, do they? They, they don't want to do I'm a not saying that, but <laughs> more context of why his best friend in the entire thing suddenly turns against him and starts having a go at him. Yeah, other than, kind oh, of alluded to, isn't it? You might have kicked his girlfriend. Yeah. But he spent most, most of the novel trying to fuck anything with a vagina. So why does he care enough about his girlfriend that he's going to get this angry? It's, I, just, I need some more yeah. context. Yeah. There's, yeah, it does wrap up very, very quickly at the end, which was good because it meant that I could finish the book that night and give it to you the following day. So yeah, it would have been another 30 pages. I might have had to like. You'd have still been reading now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, t- I do love the idea of the, the pre-signed confessions for stealing yes. the booze. And that yes. is a really good hustle. I remember reading that. And I was like, what, what are they talking about? And then they sort of explain it. And you're like. No, that's genius, actually. Yeah. I'm going to do that from now on. Anytime I'm going into a potentially dangerous situation, I'm just going to have a bunch of documents saying, like, confess to, to a whole bunch of things. <laughs> so that if people need it, they can use it after I'm dead. Assuming I die in a heroic way. Yeah. Or a really yeah. bad way. Because either way, you know, if I, if I die for doing something really bad, like, I don't know, blowing up a orphanage or something, then people will be like, oh, it was a scummer. Yeah, we also did this thing as well. Look, we've got a side confession. <laughs> Have you heard his podcast? He's one opinionated motherfucker. He's one messed up bastard. My God. Thinks people only listen for him and no one <laughs> Which is, to be fair, is probably the truth. Um, the author of this book is... Actually, I'm going to combine two notes into one. Oh, my God. Right, so we have to five notes. Yeah. <laughs> the author... Uh, Hiroshi mm-hmm. is obsessed with two things. <laughs> Green tea <laughs> and female breasts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like I alluded to it earlier, but green tea gets used. It gets used as conversation, conversation starter. It gets used as something to take someone's mind off the fact they're dying. It gets used as a descriptor. It's yep. like, it's just constantly green tea comes up constantly in this book. And I'm like <laughs> reading it. Like I've never drunk so much. I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, I fancy a green tea. So I make one. Then we get to the bit where she's <laughs> she's reflecting on it on the time of her dad. And I'm like, oh yeah, I could do it with a coffee too. And read it <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I could go for another green tea. Read it you are so suggestible. I could go for another coffee. Yeah, oh, it's so romantic. Look, oh, the only thing she's got in the world that's not military issue is is a little, little coffee grinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I could go for a coffee. So, yeah, I, I drank a lot reading this book. But aside from the drinking, yeah. every female description ends with a comment on their breasts. On their breasts. I'm not sure if it's I'm not sure if it's if it's Hiroshi being you know fixated <laughs> on boobs or yeah. whether he's trying to get across that soldier mindset. You know? I thought I assumed it was a, the soldier mindset. I assumed that's why the guy. So, was he Naroji? Naroji? I'm not very good with Japanese names. I'm not very good with names, but um, <laughs> the guy that dies at the end still clutching his porn mag. Oh, yeah, clutching the porn. Yeah, the yeah. Fact, the fact that he says, like, right before battle, 
people are trying to think about the things they like, but you you get a bunch of soldiers together and inevitably all they want to do is talk about sex. Talk about sex, yeah. So yeah, I always assumed he was trying to go for he was trying to craft the character with the soldier mindset. But still I was just like, Yeah, but he chose breasts. He didn't chose oh she's got a winning smile, oh she's got a cracking ass. It was breasts every time. So Hiroshi is definitely a breast man. He's definitely a breast man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from some of the descriptions of boobs he gives in this book, I mean, we've said that, yeah, the descriptions are not sparse, but they are what you need to to paint the scene. I think the the breasts get get probably more attention description wise than anything else. A lot of the other stuff is just like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, nice guy. Yeah, ocean. Yeah. Uh, But the boobs, right? They were like this. And this is what, and there was that. And you're just like, Okay, okay, yeah, no, yeah. the thirst is real, clearly. Yeah. They don't <laughs> even explain really what a mimic looks like, except for that it looks like a, a tired frog or something. Well, what's a, the thing? A is? bloated frog, frog corpse. Yeah. Like a dev- In my head, they were upright and cylindrical for some bizarre reason. It wasn't until the very last few pages where he describes it as four, a quadrupedal, four legs with a tail. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that completely changes the image of them in my head. Because yeah. I looked it up online. And in both the graphic novel and the anime, they look nothing like they're described in the book. Oh, okay. And in um, the film based on this, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, or yeah. Live, Die, Repeat, as most people know it, because that was how it was marketed, um, they are weird, almost Matrix-like creatures. Are they? They're, they're re- yeah, they're really weird. I had to look it up. Because I was like, what do these actually look like? And you look it up and it's all just pictures from the graphic novel, the anime and the yeah. film. And it's like no one's actually done a good rendering of the way Hiroshi describes them in the book. Right. So, yeah, I, it took me quite some time to actually get a mental image. I'm, like I said, bearing in mind, this is probably the, the, the sixth time sixth I've read time, this yeah. book. Have you and seen I've been imagining more wrong. Yes, I have. I think I've got is it. Is it really good? It's not bad, actually. Because I remember after you gave me the book, I remember being at Cineworld in Edinburgh Way, and I remember mm. seeing this huge poster, and I was like, "Live, die, repeat." Oh, 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 there's Mecca. Oh, this must be this must be the book. And then I yeah. saw Tom Cruise, and I was just like, "And I'm gonna read the book and never see the film." Yeah, it's 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 not a faithful recreation. Well, it's I mean, not gonna be. Is Tom it? Cruise is not Tom Asian. Cruise. No, exactly. <laughs> it's clear. Is it set? Like I assume, I'm just gonna jump in feet first and assume this. It's not set in Japan. It's set in America. No. No. Where is it set? It's set in Western Europe. Well, Heathrow Airport and uh, Western Europe. The final really? battle takes place in Paris in the Louvre. Yeah, I don't know either. It's a really bizarre choice, but they they westernized it, but only sort of halfway. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I don't understand. This is what I don't get. Like. You're basing your massive multi-million pound investment on yeah. the back of this book that's done really well. Why would you then go and change your multi-million pound investment, set it somewhere else, change the ethnicity of the person involved, like the main character? They changed the ending massively. Oh, God. Yeah. And then go, but you like the book. Come see the film. You, you like, like the, the book. book. Like, you, why don't you love the film? You've read the book. Yes, but the two don't correlate. It almost it's, feels like someone's someone who's lit, who 
Japanese literate and English literate, read the book <laughs> and went, I've got an idea. Yeah. Got on the phone to a producer and went, I've just had the greatest story idea of my life. Western Europe, <laughs> Tom Cruise, <laughs> Mecca, aliens. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, we need an ending. Uh, 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 we'll do this because I don't know what the ending is. You just yeah. said it's different. Um, yeah. It just it, it baffles me why it's, you wouldn't just go and make one. It's worth a watch. It's it's worth a watch. It's it's Tom Cruise in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise in this film for most of the, from what I recall, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but from what I recall, he he plays Tom Cruise for like at least the first half of the film. Then okay. he plays, yeah. then he basically plays Ethan Hunt for Mission Impossible oh, for the great. last half of the film. There's but it's got what's her name in it, and she's really good. Um, there's another film I really want to watch. I can't remember the name of it, <laughs> but it's basically about um back in the 80s where the cia kind of um ran weapons to south america to try and like kind mm. of influence the wars that were going on and yeah. then the pilots that were that were taking the guns were then bringing cocaine back <laughs> selling it themselves and, and making a shit ton of fucking money so whilst they were protected by the u.s government to go to south america yeah. and back whenever they wanted because <laughs> they were doing they were making the shit, but I can't watch it. It's fascinating. I really want to see it because I've heard about it in so many true crime cases where they've talked about <laughs> these people, but I can't watch it because it's got fucking Tom Cruise in it. Oh, Monotooth Cruise. Oh, yeah. oh. Can't do it. Um, I wish you'd stop starring in so many films because, yeah, I think I think there's probably a lot of films out there. You star in lots of films, just not films that just I not actually want to see. not the ones you want to watch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't make, like... Beauty and the Beast or something shit that I don't I do not want to watch don't <laughs> be in all these films that I think oh actually I'm quite interested because in no, like, you oh, know okay. if he was in Beauty and the Beast he'd have to play Belle he'd be yeah. demanding that he be allowed to play Belle <laughs> and the Beast cannot run in the same scene as me <laughs> and the Beast must only be four foot tall yeah because reasons <laughs> a chip and Mrs. Potts um, they need to be smaller because they're the same size as me and that's not going to work <laughs> In fact, the whole thing now takes place in a doll's house. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to mention Chip and Mrs. Potts. I don't think I've ever seen Beauty and the Beast all the way through, you know. None really? of them. Yeah. yeah. Just can't. It's just nothing. On the films we had on, on actual official Disney VHS when I was a kid. Yeah. So, I. <laughs> it's probably your sister's though, right? It was It was just videos <laughs> bought for the kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would have been like Thundercats. Thundercats. <laughs> not Beauty and the Beast. No, I was Turtles. Ghostbusters fan. Turtles, Ghostbusters. <laughs> not the... Anyway, I yeah. think this book is kind of surface, well, not surface level, but it doesn't dig too deep. But Ooh. there is a bit in it that kind of that stopped me in my tracks. And it got me a think, thinking deeply for a few minutes. And it's this. If I could convince the few friends I had that I was someone that could do something in this world, who could leave a mark, no matter how small, that would be enough. I like that. Yeah, you would do. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is you summed up in a in in one line, basically. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I I resonate with that. I, I relate to that one line so much. Wow, this isn't just a fun book. There's some there's some real depth to it. There's, I really it, appreciate it. It kind of opens the door. It's almost like there's a lot of cave mouths in this book, because. It sort of it stays up here on the surface and it's telling you this story, but there's a lot of things that it mentions and it's like, hey, here's this idea. 
we're not going to go into it. But I've just mentioned it, and now we're going to move on to killing aliens. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. There's stuff in here that I didn't pick up on the depth of it until rereading it this time and actually paying attention and yeah. looking for stuff to write about, which has, has highlighted a bunch of things. Some of my notes are actually serious rather than just the nonsense ones we've had so far. Okay. Well, like my next one. Serious. Well, it isn't serious, but it's kind of it's something that stood out to me because okay. it's it's mentioned several times. ISO push ups. <laughs> they do yes. indeed suck balls. They do. They I, hurt. They hurt a lot. I tried them for a while after reading this book for the first time. I incorporated them into my, my fledgling exercise regime. I could be a samurai. I could do I a samurai. Could be a samurai too. Yeah. Fuck me. And I, I occasionally still do them if I'm feeling particularly masochistic. Yeah. Um and yeah, they are horrible. I don't hold them for anywhere near as long as they do in this book. Oh, I get a couple no. of minutes in and I'm like, no, fuck this, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing that I, where they describe that like, when you're doing the ISO push-up, you have to take yourself mentally and put yourself somewhere else while yeah. you're doing it. That I can relate to. Like during exercises or during runs or when I'm not in the mood for it and it's more of a chore yeah. than it is enjoyable. Sometimes I just have to either put on a funny podcast and just concentrate on that or i just have to go to my happy place and just pretend i'm <laughs> pretend i'm doing anything else other than what it is I'm <laughs> uh, finally and this is yeah. one of those notes i warned you about earlier oh god finally Come an author me. has written a description that perfectly captures your unique aesthetic <laughs> a cross between a gorilla and an uglier gorilla <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> i saw that and i was like i have to highlight that line and it's just too perfect not to use to describe reggie <laughs> in an episode where you said i don't care what it looks like and if i'm in the right mood i'll stick my dick in anything i think my first note was pretty much on 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 the mark <laughs> i don't think i look like a cross between a gorilla and an ugly uglier gorilla elephant oh, man, maybe, two but... regular gorillas. Oh, an elephant and an ugly gorilla yeah <laughs> At least get it an right. elephant and an uglier elephant. Yeah. <laughs> John Merrick and an uglier John Merrick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop joining in with me because it's no fun when you, you're self-deprecating when I'm trying to abuse you, okay? It's, it's you're just... never going to abuse me on the level that I will abuse myself. So sometimes I have to give you a little Take help. all the fun out of this podcast, honestly. Sorry, Stace, I'm trying, but he's just not yeah. working with me here. Yeah. He just keeps dissing himself. He just keeps saying horrendous shit about himself. Horrendous I can't get, shit. I, I can't make light insults metros. and he's just there really <laughs> digging into his own psychoses. What the <laughs> fuck is a man supposed to do? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That shit was tight. Yeah. Now, there's a phrase I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. I think that just um, it, this book does pretty well in That's avoiding. You've like, not been tight for a long time, have you? I've not been tight for a long time, no. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on any the tightness of anything else or anyone <laughs> else. <laughs> it's all just loose and flappy. It's like Mr. Blobby after they've taken the suit off. Um, I, I've, I've, I've wondered, right? There's times... What about I, my prolapse? <laughs> just about the, what happens when you get caught in a situation that you have to hold it. Because like, I've been like, I don't know, on a dog walk and suddenly felt the need to go. <laughs> and I've had to like hold it until I got home or to the nearest public toilet. But when you're that loose, 
How on earth do you hold it? It's all about the inner muscles, the inner oh, muscles, okay. the sphincter. Mate, with those, I can crack a walnut. <laughs> I can I can cut piping with those. I've taken the end off so many dildos just, just <laughs> by squeezing at the wrong time. I just I just clenched it at the wrong time and snip. Yeah. It's like one of those cigar cut yeah. things. Yeah, that's my sphincter, mate, honestly. My poos, they look like they've come out of a Play-Doh machine because it's all just... I thought you were going to say corrugated into stars. <laughs> um, um, oh God, I've lost... Where was I? Where was I? I don't know, but the way you're holding that, that effeminate way you're holding your head in your hands... I just, I just, it's something the world needs to see. Uh, oh my god! Um, I only do that on this podcast. It's just, yeah, I know. You just derail me completely. I'll bring out your effeminate slide. <laughs> I've got a note. Resonate. I've got my my last note. I can do that while you're lost. My new favorite insult. Your mother must have been disappointed when the abortion only killed your conscience. <laughs> My new favourite insult that I, will, <laughs> that I will definitely find a way to use in the next couple of weeks. You, you have if, to deliver it deadpan, though. Cause yeah. <laughs> Even if I have to just like, think of someone I don't like and go and knock on the door just so I can say it to them and then run away. Excuse me, sir. Do you have a moment to be insulted by me? <laughs> no, I'm just like, open the door and say hi. And I go, your mum must be disappointed that you only you bullshit already killed your conscience. And just run. And just run away. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I... I'll be a true scrub and do it from the back seat of a car. Yeah, I'll drive you past. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, I, f- I found where I was in my notes. Um, once again, some more heavy foreshadowing. Um, the section where KG muses on the mimics, seeming to avoid where the bunker buster missiles are going to fall. Yeah, that's some really heavy foreshadowing, which only makes sense like when you're about three quarters of the way through the book, yeah. and they actually reveal. Yeah, this is how the mimics win fights because they send a message back in time and you're like, oh, so they actually were dodging it because they knew where the miss... Oh, I see now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> I did wonder, like, early on in the book when I think it's his third his third death when he tries mm. to run away. Yeah, I love that catch- scene. That whole yeah, sequence is, is awesome. And I catch him on the beach and I, I was just like, but how do they know? How? Yeah, and then later on you find out that they knew because they were targeting him. Him specifically. Specifically. Yeah. Um, I also love uh, one of the themes of this book, to me, I don't know if I'm interpreting it wrong, but it's like you may not succeed the first time you do something. You may not even succeed the first 159 times you do something. <laughs> if you just keep going, you'll learn from the 159, 159 losses how to how to be successful the 160th time and i think it's an important lesson because it's not something that society really talks about no it's you there are certain people out there in the world that do talk about it but most people don't most people who get to a position of success want the world to think yeah I was born this way. I was born successful. I was yeah. born able to just pull this out my ass. I was born. I did this awesome thing. Yeah. I was successful. And it's but like, yeah. The thing no one really talks about is the 15 things they did before the one successful thing that were totally shocking. Prime example they, of that is Colonel Sanders yeah. of Kentucky Fried Chicken fame. 
Oh, he, he must have had a hundred recipes before he got the. Not recipes. He was like, I think he was a tire salesman. He ran oh, a garage. He, really? he did that. all sorts of random shit before he like, yeah, basically he started making chicken, and that was the one that did it. He was in his like forties or something yeah. before he settled down to make chicken, and that was the thing that basically immortalized him. But yeah, he spent decades slogging away at different things. I know I've worked. I've sat on here and I've been like, oh, I love it when somebody has a dream. It's nothing but a dream and a and a for a pure sense of will they make something happen. But the other side to that coin is <laughs> sometimes that works. Sometimes you get a Kevin Smith. Sometimes you get a Noel Gallagher. Someone that comes along, writes a bunch of songs, and suddenly has the biggest selling debut album in British history in the nineties. Mm. But nine times out of ten, these people have tried many many other things oh, before yeah. they get to the point that they get to where. They're like, oh, yeah, I just wrote this book and it seems people liked it. Yeah. Or well, I just made this film. Writing, just... I'm looking forward to writing our memoirs when we, oh. when, you know, when we get that Joe Rogan money and we're the, the biggest household name in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we get the, the inevitable book deal to tell our story. I'm looking forward to that. You know, we can tell them all about the, the awful music we made before you started on your lucrative career of making hold music um, and, and all the, the other shit enterprises we, we've attempted both together and individually before we, we found fame with a two bit podcast where we insult one another. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Talk about prolapses. After the end of the episode, after the customer is static, can you just put the whole song, song in? Just the whole song. Just put, yeah, put your little, your little trolling bit in after we had the conversation, just put the whole thing in at the end. I'll, tell, just, I'll upload it. I'll upload this as, as its own thing, and I'll drop a link to it on our socials, and it'll be hosted on its own, like one of the. Oh, the just put it episodes. on the end. Don't put I'll it put on, on the end because it's going to make a long episode, even bloody long. All right, fine. I'll put it on the end. We did four and a half hours on the Mandalorian. Yeah, no, as I, as I was saying, I realised what a ridiculous yeah. um, argument that was. Four and a half, <laughs> nearly five hours talking about the Mandalorian. If there's and anything. <laughs> Anything this podcast is known for, it's a complete lack of quality control. It's not like we record for three hours and go and cut out an hour of the best bits. We just record for three hours, take out 20 minutes of the really offensive shit, and then you can listen to the rest of it. To, to be honest, most of the time, it's not even 20 minutes. No. <laughs> it's it's at most usually about five minutes. Yeah. And that's like fuck ups and, and things that we've said that we suddenly realise we don't actually want heard. <laughs> But that's it. <laughs> the rest of it. This is basically what what you hear. What you are hearing, guys, is ninety nine percent authentic as it was recorded. Yeah. I don't know if uh, that's probably fairly obvious. Actually, listening back to it, but <laughs> it's not. We don't polish this turd. We no. just we just give <laughs> no. it to you as it is. <laughs> we just put a turd out into the world and hope you enjoy the smell. Hope you enjoy the smell. Um, <laughs> uh, a quote yes. offered without comment. Tiny girl like that. I bet she's a Wolverine in the sack. The smaller they are, the better they fuck, you know? It's literally all I'm saying. <coughs> Amy's only five foot tall. Um, how many how many times do you think you'd have to be in the loop before you realised that you weren't dreaming or just, like, going mental? Three times. You reckon three times? That, oh, I think I'd have to be in at least a dozen before I realised I wasn't just losing my mind. Because the first time, I would assume I was losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and the first one had been a dream. But by the third time, I think I'd be like, no, because I've got two separate 
memories of two yeah. like, I've lived this day twice now, did different things both times. They can't both be dreams. I can't really be losing my mind. Yeah. Like once is a coincidence, twice is a pattern. So by the third time I think I would be like, right, I need to figure out what's going on. I wouldn't have a clue. I was in a loop. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I'd know it wasn't the dream and I wasn't losing my mind by I, the third time. Yeah, I think I'd probably be assuming that someone was messing with me. I think like I, it, I was in yeah. Area 51 or something being experimented on. <laughs> I think by the sixth, seventh, eighth time, I'd probably be like, oh, it's Groundhog Day. But <laughs> aside from that, yeah, I don't. He kind of figures he figures it all out pretty quickly, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He, he, to be fair, he seems like he's got his head screwed on and is a fairly yeah. sensible chap, which is probably why he figures it out quite so quickly. Plus, You've only got 200 pages. If he spends like, if he spends 30 pages having an existential conversation <laughs> with himself about is he losing his mind? What's going on? Like, you kind of distract from the pace of the book. So you kind of need to just, he needs to learn very quickly what's going on because this author ain't got time to sit there and it talk about the time to, yeah, to the talk wise about and mental the erosion. And yeah. yeah. Now, oh, like, that's a book I'd like to read. A <laughs> mental breakdown of someone who takes it the opposite way to and just Kaiji. literally goes insane. Yeah, yeah. Their, their gradual mental decline. Book. Yeah, you would. You are damaged goods, boy. Yeah. Um. So the author uh, has a wonderful way of blending the the crass and commonplace with some very pretty prose. Mm. One minute he's comparing potatoes to boobs. <laughs> Uh, and the next it's i could search my soul till my body fell to dust around it and he does that quite a lot throughout it it's sort of something very sort of soldiery or you know something that's not very that's not a nice way of phrasing something and then in the next paragraph he does drop something like that something that would come from a much more esoteric sort of book i'd like to I'd like to reread it with this in mind to kind of figure out whether when he says the crass stuff, is he, is it in conversation? Is it when he's dealing with something very military? And then when he's being esoteric, is it when he's kind of separated from the yeah. side of him? Is it the two sides of him? It is, it is kind of the two sides because a lot of the crass stuff is him thinking about, yeah. you know, the, the, the functional stuff. And then when he starts thinking about like the time loop and its its implications and stuff like that, he tends to get a little bit more prosaic with his yeah. with the wording, which is it's really weird because obviously this book is like we said it's it's quite a almost surface level book. It's very intense. It's very direct. But then you do get little bits like that dropped in every so often. Then you kind of go, huh, no, that was that was that was a really nice section to read, sort of thing, you know. There was some when we were doing Fight Club and I was um the book. Yeah. And I, I did a tiny not, bit of not research. Not the actual underground club where we beat each other up. No. <laughs> That's called lightsabering on a Monday night. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, when I, I kind of, I did, I, I was terrified about doing a book, to be fair. So I did a little <laughs> bit of research. But one of the things I read was that Chuck used to like to bring like, repeated phrases in. Mm. He calls them choruses. Like he says, oh, I just refer to it in the same way as like writing a song. You have these things you go back to that are like choruses. Hiroshi does the same thing to a degree. Like there are certain yeah. bits that start a chapter or end a chapter that will then start the next chapter. Like um, I woke up 
and the paperback was next to my next to yeah. me. There are certain things that he goes back to that definitely pinpoint in time. He doesn't have to be like, oh, I've woken up again and blah, blah, blah. It's just, yeah. I'll wake up with this one line and you're like, all oh, right, we're, we're suddenly right they're, back. They're the waypoints, aren't they? In, yeah. in, in, in the loop sort of thing. Where it I keeps... guess musically you'd call it a chorus, but if you're a video game player, it'd be like a save point, right? Yeah, it becomes, it becomes well, this whole loop basically is a respawn. save point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he just keeps respawning back at the start of that section yeah. that he, he started playing through. I would like to read the book though. That that uh, the novel he was reading. <laughs> uh, really? It's Probably just because it's referenced about a million yeah. times. I, I want to find out who done it. <laughs> uh, just ask Yonabaro because he, he almost tells him at one point, don't he? He does. This is true. Yeah. Although, um, oh yeah, Yonabaro survives, doesn't he? So that's, although he's probably not in the mind. Well, do the uh, things you want to do. That's another theme. Do the things you want to do today because tomorrow's not. Tomorrow promised. you might be dead. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow's is a pro- tomorrow is a promise to no one. So if you want to read the book, read it. Don't put it off till tomorrow, as I learned this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good oh, thing is, the book is still fresh in your mind because it you is, literally yeah. consumed it in the last 24 hours. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, KG's AWOL attempt, like we said yes. earlier, when he when he goes on, does a runner, that is a chapter of very intense world building and exposition. Because yeah. in like that, it's only what? six pages or something uh, yes not not long it's, it's not long at all it's no more than sort of five six pages but in there you not only discover a lot about what's happened in japan you discover a lot about what's happened in the world you learn a lot about keiji and you know just there's a lot of intense stuff crammed in there um and it very much reminds me of another book that we both really liked that did something very similar ready player one yeah i got because a lot of ready Ready Player One vibes from this book. Yeah, the way it deals with its its uh, exposition and well-being. Build, oh, let me try that again. The way it deals with its exposition and world-building is very similar to that because yeah. it kind of ignores it, trusting you to kind of fill in the blanks for a while and then gives you quick info dumps to bring you up to speed yeah. and tell you what you need to know. Like, um, Burst. That gets yeah. referred to several times um, throughout the, 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 the book. But it's not until uh, page 135 yeah. in a book that's only like 190 a, page, uh, ninety odd pages long that we actually get an get explanation. Two line, dis- two line descriptor of what it is. And you're like, yeah. oh. oh, OK, because I did wonder. I was like, well, hang on, but they're American. They're Japanese. And when he goes to AWOL, he says, yeah. oh, it's weird to hear someone speaking Japanese, Japanese. after so long. And I'm like, yeah. so what the fuck were you talking to those other Japanese soldiers? And was Feral? who we find out is like Brazilian, Brazilian. or something. Yeah. Was he speaking Japanese? I know. And then it all falls into place. And it's like, uh... and there's a, another section with the, where they talk about the auto balancer in the suit. Yeah. That's referenced. But then we don't, it's like, oh yeah, auto balancer, blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, okay, well, that's just an interesting piece of techno babble. And then you get the scene where he starts training with Feral. Yeah. And then we find out about the auto balancer and it's like, Oh, okay. So he's kind of almost dropping breadcrumbs, leading you to these little reveals that it's just like, oh, oh yeah, that bit, you need to know that. So, blah, there's the info dump on that. Now, moving on with the story. I kind of, in my head, it, it seems, I mean, I've never played one. So <laughs> you have to tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, but aren't a lot of modern day computer games very much like action scene? then you get a cutaway to a couple of characters who then tell you about the next part of your mission. And then you go and play it and it's pure action. 
and then you get a cutaway and they explain the next part of the mission and then yeah. kind of feels a, it's structured a lot like that it's like yeah. action then two pages of like cutscene effectively yeah basically here's all the information you need to get to to get through the next action scene and then we'll just at the end of every action scene we'll give you a like a little information dump mm. where we'll give you all the, everything you need to get through the next one and yeah i never really thought about it like that before but it is kind of like a song as well in as much yeah. as like the chorus tells you everything you ever you need to know the chorus is basically the whole song in four yeah. lines or eight lines everything else aside from that is just supporting you're basically just expounding <laughs> on what on yeah or slash eight lines so it feels kind of like you get to the chorus and it's like okay yeah you need this to get through the next verse it, i can't yeah, uh, there's a couple bits where it, where it kind of inverts it because like i say it, it talks about something yeah. and doesn't actually fill in the blanks until afterwards and you're like oh yeah. okay so that's why that and yeah it's it's a weird way of doing it which is it you've read a lot more books than me is it a more modern way of writing would you say a more modern style because when i go back and read books older books yeah probably yeah like they seem to be very much like oh no we need, we're going to explain to you everything that's going on at every moment yeah whereas with a lot more modern books it's like oh we don't need that and that slows it down we're like we're like society is a lot more fast-paced it's like i want it i yeah. want it now it's, it's definitely a pacing tool isn't it because yeah. you can you, you you race through it and you're like okay well i've given them enough to get through this bit to maintain the pace then afterwards i can give them the the, the information that they're they're needing and then yeah give them a breather for 30 seconds while they read some information and then we can jump straight and back then jump into straight it. back into it yeah it's definitely a, a pacing tool and like i said reading some older books like i said i'm reading that um yeah he's uh, not, doing, he's not doing that is he? he's, he's definitely not doing that no um it and feels there's to lots me more like they want to explain everything they spend like older authors to me in my unlearned opinion <laughs> tend to want to do 30 pages of explaining and then three pages of action yeah. whereas modern day writers are like fuck that i want to do 30 pages of action three pages of action three pages of explaining and then three yeah. pages of explaining because it also depends on the style of book as well because can you imagine trying to write an epic like lord of the rings in this style it just wouldn't really have work to have to be more happening in it yeah there'd have to be there'd a lot more happening it would be a much shorter book action but, more yeah but then it wouldn't be the what the what it is it wouldn't be the epic that it is this isn't this, an epic i'm never is, when i say oh it's very tolkien oh tolkien does i'm never being disparaging because no. one of the things i love about tolkien is it's world building to the nth degree it's yeah we're going to give you what you need and then we're going to give you 30 pages of stuff you do not need to know. But for the overall effect of the world we're building, for overall, the overall fantasy of it all, like it all builds in. If you get the histories of yeah. the fucking bag, 20 pages of history of Bagnerses before anything <laughs> else happens. It, the world you're in feels fleshed out. It feels more yeah. lived in. It feels like there are real consequences to the bloodline and to stuff like that because you're getting all this information. Yeah. I and I love it and I love that. I just I tend to be I guess I tend to have more of a minimalist kind of appreciation where I'm like just give me what I need. When I think it also depends on the on the the, the situation you're reading the book in because like we said earlier this you could read on your commute you can read it like sat around the pool lounging yeah. in your garden something you know you can 
with a day, you could read this from cover to cover. I did. No problem. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Five um, hours. But something like um, Robert Jordan's Eye of the World, that's like 400 pages thick. Yeah. And that is that is all world building. So you yeah. don't want to do that. You need to be able to focus on that and keep track of it over a long period of time because then it, you know, because it's got this history, like Tolkien, it's yeah. got all this history in the background, all these other things that feed into it. So, you know, reading that on a commute is probably not a good idea where you're going to be interrupted and it's not the ideal oh, yeah, setting for reading. So this, yeah, it, this it, is again, a commute it book. You're this is very much, book. this is, um, let me see if I can think of, this is Arrow, the TV show, mm. compared to Game of Thrones. It's yeah, surface level, it's fun, it's at times incredibly brutal, but it's in and out in 40 minutes. If you get up and go to the toilet and you come back, you're not going to have missed anything that's important. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones deals with a huge, giant cast. You're not always going to get the same characters in every episode. If you get up to go to the toilet and you miss one line of dialogue in season three, you could be confused <laughs> as fuck come series five when something happens and you don't yeah. understand. Because you've missed that one thing, that one line of foreshadowing in the beginning of season three. It's there is, yeah, They're two different beasts entirely, yeah. really. So we shouldn't yeah. really be comparing them. It's like it's comparing apples to oranges, isn't it? it like doesn't... the Buzzcocks versus the Mars Volta. Yeah. Yeah. So not not bands I would have chosen for that comparison, but I get what you mean. I was just thinking simple, straightforward, really good punk, and then punk rock gone crazy and progtastic. <laughs> 87 more instruments and 87 <laughs> more guitar solos than you actually need for the song. But I ain't complaining because <laughs> if I wanted to listen to the Buzzcocks, I'd go listen to the Buzzcocks. They both have their place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've all had times, probably mostly recently, where we could map out our days as completely as KG does. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people in lockdown now who will resonate with that, you know, 8.30, wake up. 9.30, do this. 9.45, this happens. Yeah, it just you can plan out your whole day down to like when you can take, take a shit because the same thing is just it's just on repeat sort of thing, which does lockdown does feel a lot like you're just yeah you are reliving the same over again <laughs> without getting disemboweled by a mimic javelin, which is probably probably a bonus. <laughs> I don't know. There are some days. <laughs> yeah, there are some days that I'm like, oh, I'm not again. Just. Just send the javelin my way this time, please. Just give me Rona. Give me just change my day up with some life threatening illness. Anything's better than this. <laughs> oh, um, definitely some Velociraptor lurking in that family tree. That's <laughs> that's why that, that highlights this this ribbon of dark humour that runs yeah. right the way through this book. I think KG would fit in well as a guest on this pod. Oh yeah, definitely. In fact, I, actually, I think Rita would. would. I think Rita would. I think she'd feel better. I think she'd probably stab us. She'd get fed up about <laughs> shit. Just stab us. <laughs> Two minutes in. I mean, but, come on. She's she's a she's a what a twenty one year old cute redhead. <laughs> I'm not putting you and her in the same fucking room, mate. That's just a recipe for disaster. Two minutes in, she'd be like, "What do you mean they're not your fucking real names?" <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the full metal bitch, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Valkyrie herself. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I love the fight scene in the cafeteria. And yes. I, I wrote this note and it was just, I love the fight scene. Now I feel I have to specify what fight scene in the cafeteria. Um, the one between KG and the grunt from uh, Fourth Company. Oh, yeah. It's got oh, some real, um, what one is it? Spider-Man 2? Or oh, Spider-Man? One of them with, with um, what's his shot? No, no, prior to that. Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I've all them films. I'm, I'm never going to remember. Them. He gets in a, in a fight with someone at his high school. Yeah. And obviously using his spider powers, he's just dodging it and weaving it and blah, blah, blah. And I really, really just wanted KG just to go, bam, and knock the guy over. But he doesn't. He just gets just gets his ass kicked, which is, um, I make sense because he's like, no, yeah, this is the quickest way to end the fight is just to let him punch me. Yeah. And I can get on with my day and, and saving humanity. But I also really wanted to see him beat that guy. <laughs> I did. I was, I, but I really liked the, the thing of like, just because this guy is bigger than me, just because he's more forceful than me, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to... Like, on paper, yeah, he should he should win the fight. But I've got things that aren't on paper to, yeah. to my benefit. So I like that. I like this. not just because someone's bigger and stronger than you. Like, if you... If you work hard and you train, you can still beat them. And if you get stuck in a time loop where you... Uh, <laughs> you have the chance to work like hard. Yeah, fucking samurai or some shit. Um, this is one of the quotes I was talking about earlier. Now, okay. strap yourselves in, boys and girls, because this is a long one. But here we go. At the end of the day, every man has to wipe his own ass. There's no one to make your decisions for you either. And whatever situation you're in, that's just another factor for your decision which isn't to say everybody gets the same range of choices as everybody else. If there's one guy out there with an ace in the hole, there's sure to be another who's been dealt a handful of shit. Sometimes you run into a dead end, but you walked each step of the road that led you there on your own. Even when they string you up on the gallows, you have the choice to meet your death with dignity or go kicking and screaming into the hereafter. And I'm not sure if that quote is dark and brooding or affirming and positive, but either way, it's powerful. <laughs> yeah. I agree wholeheartedly with the sentiment. Mm. And I think it all, it's all down to perspective yeah. as to what that is. If you're in a position where I'm in, it's positive because that knowledge is liberating. If you're in the, the position I was in, say <laughs> 10 years ago, and someone come and told me that, I'd say it was brooding and depressive because it's not <laughs> what I would I would wanted to be, be yeah. wanting to hear. But the thing that I've noticed in the last five to ten years is no one wants to take responsibility for their actions. Mm. It took a lot me of some, ready to dish that blame out on everyone but themselves. It took me a long time to kind of stop, reflect, look in the mirror, and be like, "Oh no." Much like the joke I made earlier about like how I pushed everyone away and now I look at where I am. Like at some point I had to sit down, do some real thinking, some real reflecting, look at my life and be like, oh no, you're here because of you. Mm-hmm. Not in that oh, I'm a loser, I'm so depressed, oh every, I'm, I can't do anything right, it's my fault. No. But in the case of like you made this decision and this led you led you this way. Yeah. Then you made this decision. Decision this decision yeah then you made this decision then you made this choice and all you are where you are because of this long list of bad choices you made and 
you can kind of point at the shit the shit covered glasses I was wearing. I can point at external factors, but ultimately the position I sit in today is all my own fault. Mm. Other people may have brought shit into my world. Other people may have come and tried to fuck with me. But the way I handled them them moments determined where I am now. Exactly. So the it's... only person that has any responsibility for the way I am. Much like going back to Stacey and she said, I choose to be happy. The person that has the only person in your life that has the power to change anything is you. Is the teenager sucking your dick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by teenager i mean 18 19 i'm not going any further down say, than that even at our age that's a bit oh. it's a bit risky but a bit i mean yeah. um but yeah the person, that's the important thing the only person that you has the power to affect positive change in your life is you so if you can change your life for the better then you have to be able to take responsibility for all the shit that comes your way like mm. there are so many people i know and I've worked with, including that woman that my <laughs> colleague couldn't go and sit with because she was too negative, that would spend all day moaning, oh, why do these people picking on me? Oh, why do these people get to, I don't know, go home early and I don't? Oh, why do these people get holiday whenever they want it? And every time I ask holiday, I don't get it. <laughs> sit down, think about who you are, how you can don't conduct yourself on a daily basis, and then you might be able to see the difference between these people that work with a smile on their face and therefore are a pleasure to work with and mm. go above and beyond for the people in charge who then get the benefits. And you, someone that spends all day fucking moaning, kicking yeah. off and basically being a nightmare and then wonder why they get benefits and you I mean, don't. You did forget the most important factor in there because she that? needs to not only question those things, she also needs to make sure she doesn't wear any Alex Party T-shirts. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely don't wear any Alex Party t-shirts or anything that's slightly out of the box because you will get targeted. <laughs> KG has yes. a very unique chat-up technique, which is look like the food the woman has cooked you tastes awful. Yeah. Get in a fight, get knocked out, even though you could easily have won. Drop a weird quote mid-conversation, and uh, then basically just like walk away. Maybe maybe you should try it without the walking away part. <laughs> I was about to say he's he's almost as ne nearly as good with women as I am. Yeah, I mean you look at it. He 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 basically he woos the 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 lady with the big potato boobs without even trying. Yeah. Um, and then he manages to woo Rita again. Almost, I mean they are, you know, the only people in the world who know what it's like to be stuck in this time loop. But, um, he then woos Rita. Yeah, and it's just like he's just again just dropping weird quotes all over the place and just being a fucking weirdo. I mean, clearly you're being the wrong type of weirdo because you've been a weirdo for as long as I've known you. Yeah, and you don't Doesn't have work. this success with the ladies. <laughs> there was like one woman in the world that my charms worked on. <laughs> Maybe um, the trick is to be Asian. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe that's no, where you're going wrong. I kind of that's when I knew it wasn't the aliens that made this book obviously <laughs> fictional to me. It was the. Uh, <laughs> It was the way that someone that bad with women just kept just kept winning the, the affection of all these women <laughs> in a place where like they're surrounded by what I assume most most women want, which is like tough, strong, the big, tough, burly guys. Yeah. Men, yeah, it's not. It's the, it's the freaky weirdo that just <laughs> the one that everyone loves.
I mean, maybe we we need like uh, the the impending death of the human race at the hands of alien aggressors in order to make you seem sexually attractive. I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to die a born again virgin. It's fine. So I'll edit some violins here so everyone knows no, it's an appropriate point to feel sad for you. Don't, I don't ever want anyone to feel sad for me. That's the last I know, thing I want. Which makes it even more fun when I put the violins in and they do feel sad for I you. Feel, I just want people to laugh at my, my, my self-deprecating jokes. We, we, we need to cover the whole spectrum of emotions. You know, I'm, I'm far more together and positive and like just all round in a far far better place yeah now, which is why it's funny to make fun of it now because you know yeah. like fucking two but, years ago it just would have been mean and cruel yeah. these, these days it's funny to do it so just suck it up two years ago <laughs> i wouldn't be sitting there making up jokes about myself it would just be me going oh today i tried to kill myself didn't work what a fucking loser can't do anything right um, i mean I- I know you're on the, on the upward curve here because you haven't mentioned your pint of bleach in, in fucking oh, I months. <laughs> I pulled that away a week, weeks ago. The thing is, I just worry. <laughs> I worry that you're the only person in the world, you, you my mum and my brother, the only pair of people in the world that I have enough contact with <laughs> that they know that I'm on an upward curve. Like, anybody listen to this that kind of knew me back then but hasn't had a face-to-face <laughs> for a while is probably going to be like, oh, I see you're still struggling. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, that's I a shame. Bad for Don't feel bad for me. <laughs> These are just self-deprecating jokes because I want to make fun of people, but I can only make fun of Rooney, the space monkeys, and myself without it being hor- the horrible kind of humour that I don't like, which is just pick people and start being horrible about them. That's why I'm uh, here. I'm the counterpart because yeah. I will literally take the piss out of anybody. I only make jokes about me, you, and the space monkeys. So... <laughs> A, a fair portion of them are going to be aimed at myself. All right. I don't want your pity. So don't pity me. Even, even if he does put fucking violence behind you, everything you, I say from now this, on. This whole section you've just done yeah, is getting violence. a violin backing. Uh, you just know that right now there is someone, there is some female out there in the world getting, getting juiced up listening to your pity because they, they, they just are women. So there are some women like that. And I just hope you find one of them. Post-pandemic. If, if that woman's listening, it's Reggie Solo on Instagram. On Instagram. <laughs> and I'm retiring that joke from now on. I Because I listened back to it last week and I was like, oh, it just I just sound desperate now. I mean... I'm going to retire that joke from now we, on. We did I'm say we're being it. honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that desperate. Like I'm not that desperate. If I was that desperate, there's a couple of women in the world that I could just pick up a phone and go and bang now. <laughs> Oh, right, the violin's there. I need a, I need a record scratch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you whoa, now. Demolition Man 90s record scratch. <laughs> there are... Yeah, there are a couple of women in the world. If I picked up the phone right now, I could be getting late tonight. So don't feel, don't feel bad. So you me. saved some of those hooker cards from the uh, phone booths yeah, in London. from my birthday, yeah. From your birthday, <laughs> several years back. Jesus. They're probably all dead by now. I just remember being out of my face. Um waiting for the limo at like 4am <laughs> smoking something questionable and just I can't remember who it was, it was my brother or it was you or someone disappeared into the phone booth and next thing I know I hear I've just booked a hooker yeah we're meant to meet around the corner in 10 minutes yeah that was me <laughs> I am going I don't want to do no, that but, but I just wow. to see I how just, easy it was yeah it was surprisingly easy I literally just picked one 
with the most it had some ridiculous name like Titty Tina or something stupid like that. And I was like, doo, 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 doo. yeah, I'm here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I want the full. I will. Yeah, I want the full right. works. I want. The, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, I know where that is. All right, ten minutes. Great. <laughs> and then I was like, fucking limo better hurry up because there's no <laughs> turning up in ten minutes. <laughs> She's expecting to get 120 quid for full penetrative. And uh, I ain't got 120 quid left, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you can timestamp how long ago it was. There was a phone box. There was a phone box. Yeah, there you go. That's, that shows how long ago that was. Jesus. Okay, we're showing our age now. Quick, move on. Oh, you need to kill. <laughs> Yonabaru. Yeah. Just do what you always do. Yeah. That that section of conversation was like a glimpse way back. Another, you know, recollection for us old men into our band days. Oh god! Yeah. When we'd be discussing what we'd be doing in a in a song, and you know, there'd be like Jack or whoever was guitaring for us would be like, "Yeah, I'll do some slide and I'll do this bit." And yeah, Josh, you do that that little infill you did. Yeah, yeah. And then it'd be like, "Oh, you Reggie, just uh, yeah, you just do just." Yeah, yeah, you just do what you do. <laughs> just do your Turn bit. Turn the guitar down to one and do what you do. <laughs> I don't remember it like that. I remember it more in a way of like, I was a bit Joss Whedon. I kind of just took over and just abused everyone into doing what I wanted them to do with, with someone else's song. You see, you're, you're very much about the, the narratives. And yeah. that was the narrative we fed to you. Yeah. <laughs> you were deciding <laughs> what was going to happen. And we all just basically like, did our own thing and you're like yeah 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 we'll do what you do this you do that and then you'd pick up your 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 little tin of plectrums use it to smash your guitar and yeah. you'd be so busy doing that that you wouldn't realize we were doing something completely different <laughs> uh, that's not the way i remember it <laughs> i remember like you can't this is the one thing in my life that i thought oh this is the gift i was born with so don't take it away from me i was more of like a conductor <laughs> i had no real discernible musical talent i could write a lyric <laughs> i'm still a bad boy bad boy lyricist to this day but like i was more of an ideas person more of a conductor more of just like i have all the ideas but no idea how to execute them but i've got all these people <laughs> yeah. in the room that are far more talented than me that if i give them a ballpark they can go away they and can go and play in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's the way I remember it. Please don't take it away from me. Otherwise, uh, okay. okay, otherwise well, the bleach is coming back for next week. <laughs> you already destroyed me yesterday. Don't destroy me today as well. <laughs> I'm a sensitive man that tries to give joy, joy feelings to those around him. <laughs> okay, then you'll you'll probably yeah, appreciate You'll this. love this next note. It's a you'll place. love this next note. Yeah, yeah. So do you remember that time in 2007 when you thought you'd achieved this? No. Um, you remember that time, like six, 18 years ago, when you thought that girl actually liked you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so Keiji's descriptions of battles as being fucked up, severely fucked up, and fucked up beyond all recognition sounds like a casual listener describing the humour on this podcast. <laughs> we only have three degrees of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's boring this week. It was only fucked up. Yeah. Last week it was brilliant. It was fucked up beyond all recognition. <laughs> when I saw that, I was just like, "Oh my god, that yeah. is our that is our podcast." Yeah. I mean, aside from where we have weeks where we get all serious and earnest for some reason. Yeah, um, we're not allowed to cover Star Wars anymore. We're not allowed to do Star yeah. Wars anymore because we get far too serious. Um. So yeah, that that just resonated with me as soon as I read it. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh my god, that is touching." Yeah. <laughs> 
In fact, that might be, I might change that on our socials. Yeah, there are only three degrees of touching. <laughs> Between the ages of like 15 and 30, I only had three degrees of weekends. <laughs> fucked up. Even more fucked up. Or fucked up beyond all recognition. And no, sadly, four, because you'd get to scene missing eventually. Oh, yeah, scene missing. <laughs> well, I just wake up on a, on a Sunday afternoon and be like, I remember leaving work Friday. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even have camera phones back then that you could oh, just go yeah. back. Or, or like fucking um, uh, a fitness app that tracked yeah. where you'd walk so you could see where, yeah, at least where you'd been, even if not what you did. <laughs> hey, we'd be in so much trouble with camera phones we were around back in our oh, day. God. Yeah. I am so, so glad that I got all the reckless shit out of my system before camera phones became ubiquitous because... Your balls would be plastered all over the internet. <sighs> yeah, recognisably my balls as yeah. well. Not the, not the videos where I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> Hashtag no face. <laughs> Hashtag no face, no case, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my God, is that actually a thing? It's They used it to describe like kind of like gangster behavior like if you're wearing a mask if they can't see your face when you're doing the, the dirt <laughs> yeah. no case but then i started so i saw it pop up in other places namely Pornhub. like no face no oh case. that's amazing right yeah. that's it from now on when i'm just gonna walk around the house like fucking wearing a mask just yeah. doing shit and just be like hashtag no case no no face no case bitch until amy gets fed up with me until they take it off how have i schooled you on two things two weeks running I don't go know. No, no face, no case. Bloody hell. I'm Clearly my, my, my interests are becoming way too niche just lately. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have these things in Japan, so why would I fucking know I'd like to I'd like to argue that, but I can't. Because yeah. <laughs> just lately, yeah. Yeah, I've become a proper fucking weeaboo Japanophile. It's it's weird we have, nearly fucking forty. Have we ever had a download from Japan? Like an expat probably in Japan listening to our pub. <laughs> I don't think so. No, oh, I don't damn. think we have. I don't think Western. Um, this, this, I'm just saying to save my own ego. Yeah. I don't think Western um, podcasts, podcasts, podcasts have great um, penetration in Japan. Yeah, maybe we should talk more about tentacles and and schoolgirls, and maybe then. Well, actually, no, we just get put on a fucking list. Maybe Another we one. Go and put their podcast on hiatus for six months, whilst we learn Japanese. And then come back and rebrand Tajik as Japan's premier I can, podcast. I know some Japanese words. My favorite, my, my name is favorite because we, yeah, a few, good few years back now, we decided we were going to learn Japanese. So we started learning things with I various. You were learning Mandarin. Oh, yeah. I've, 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 tried, I've tried learning several languages over the years. None of them have succeeded particularly well. But Japanese, we decided that it would be great because that way, you know, we want to go to Japan very much so. Um, but we were like, well, we'd also like to learn the language. And we, you know, I watch a lot of anime. Amy watches some anime, and we were like, it'd be so much easier. We wouldn't, because we never have it um, dubbed with yeah. English voices, because mostly they're terrible. And subtitled is great, but, you know, you're, you're kind of put, 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 darting between the two. And we're like, it's just so much easier if we could just speak Japanese or at least understand it. So we started learning. We spent a few months doing it. And uh, my only learnings from that period are that Kamcho means captain. Okay. Swipper means slipper okay i thought you were gonna say skipper <laughs> nope swipper means 
slipper. And that's like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know things like um, Arigato and Konnichiwa, yeah. Kawaii, the sort of stuff that every weeaboo knows. But um, I tell yeah. you what, this is this is going to be bemusing to anyone that's listened to this podcast before. Because <laughs> although I'm terrible with the English language, <laughs> I'm not bad at picking up another language pretty quickly. Now, every time I've done it, I've been surrounded by people of that ethnicity and i've heard been listening to them talk and i've kind of said to them oh how'd you say this spell it phonetically yeah but like at one point i could hold a really really quite impressive conversation in polish because <laughs> i was surrounded by so many polish people on a daily basis that yeah it just osmosis into me and even for like two or three years after that i could i could like i could talk to people in polish to a certain degree like once you got past like i don't know five minutes i'd kind of be like i don't know that word i don't know that word but <laughs> for a certain amount of time i could hold a pretty good conversation in polish can't can't really remember much of it now just like five or six words but i think it helps if you're surrounded by the people yeah yeah that is, it every it's day. supposed to be one of the best ways to do it isn't it yeah. which would probably help if because if, if i lived with someone who spoke japanese then it probably make it a lot easier for me to learn japanese yeah. but i speak with i live with someone who who speaks um thames estuary english so <laughs> i was shocked though personally i was shocked because i never picked up any i barely picked up english in school let alone french <laughs> but there i was and i was just like talking polish to people and one day it just dawned on me i was like how on earth am i doing this i've not even tried oh there we go so then when i started trying i was just like wow this is so easy next week but... you can do the greeting in polish ah oh, uh Gemma. yeah Shema. is that Yakshamash. Shema, Mr. Loverman, Shema, Mr. Loverman. that's hi, how are you doing? I thought yeah. that was Borat. No, see, I thought that was Borat. The first time someone said it, I was like, oh, Borat, and they're like, no. Right. no. <laughs> it's Polish, it means how are you doing? Oh, and I'm like, fucking oh, gammons, mate. Oh, he's English. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Borat. Borat <laughs> stole it from us, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway. Feel- Back onto the subject of this book rather than foreign languages. Yeah, uh, where was I? Oh, right. The final line in chapter two. Yes. Are we talking chapter two or act two? Act, uh, no, actual. Uh, uh, I think it's actual. The one that's labelled as. Well, one that's labelled as two. And you get to the end and then the next bit is labelled as three. Yeah. Act two. Is it act two? Yeah, because once, once you get into it, all the chapters start back at one again. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, okay. The end of Act Two, where um, it's Rita, and she oh, says, "What is it? Uh, how many loops is this for you?" Yeah, I remember that's... reading that for the first time, and I was Rita. like, "Oh my god!" I've, I I didn't turn a page quicker in all my reading of that book. Yeah. Than when I read that line, I turned to the next one like, oh, "It makes sense why she's 22 and she's so fucking good." Yeah. Exactly. Because it's just like, yeah, you just like assume that she's blessed or there's something going on behind the scenes and she's a she's a figurehead or something. And then you find out, no, she was stuck in her own loop for 211 yeah. goes, and it's like it's the perfect. <gasps> it was the perfect one-line cliffhanger. Yeah. It just makes you go, oh, I need to finish this book. Oh my god, quick! And then when you turn the page, and the next act is just called Rita Vataski, and you're like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I did, that's I, blew my I have mind. to admit, I did like it. Kind of goes back a bit to my love of Irvin Welsh. There, every chapter is from a different 
character's point of view. So say you've got two protagonists, it'll be like A is the man, B is the woman. So it'll be like A1, B2, A3, B4. Yeah. And you go backwards and forwards. Here it's done in acts rather than in chapters. But mm. you start with um, the male protagonist, then you get an entire act from her point of view, and then you go back to him at the end. And yeah, I, I really appreciated the change of point of views. Yeah, it mixes it up nicely because you get to see uh, at least part of the book from her perspective, which is similar to Keiji's, but also utterly different at the same time from from a cultural and and like a, you know, a perspective. When you start seeing the scenes that you've grown so used to through Keiji's eyes from her eyes, it casts the whole thing in a new light. It's yeah, it's very clever, that bit. It's, It's a way of getting rid of exploratory conversation a lot of the time because she could have quite easily said oh when i saw you doing the iso press-ups and i come and joined you it was because of this yeah like during the conversation she could have easily regaled him with the tale of like her dad the coffee the old man in the coffee shop and how they mm. all died and why she joined the army when she really didn't want to join the army in the first place when she was a child yeah she could have done all that in some long deep conversations and you would have seen them grow closer but by kind of just flipping the POV and having her tell you yeah. her story, it kind of it allows them to get close at the end, mm. right before what happens happens. So, yeah, it, it's just a good way of exposition without yeah. like just long drawn out conversations. Without just long conversations, yeah, you just get that, and you get almost get to you get to experience it through her as she what? experienced it, rather than her explaining it. It's more heartbreaking at the end as well. Mm. That they become close right before what happens happens. Yeah. If they've been close for 50, 60 pages, then he's had a he's had a chance to kind of be with her and yeah. um live through that. So yes, it's heartbreaking, but at the same time it's like when someone dies in their nineties and you're like, Oh well they've They've had a good run. They had a good run. It's yeah. upset him. Don't get me wrong, but they've had a good run. Like, like they've lived a full life. It's like he had the chance to really kind of go deeper on this relationship with this girl that he likes. So at least he had that chance. He could have not had yeah. that chance. But the fact that it happens the day before, it's just like, no, he's finally got, he says it himself. So I finally <laughs> got you. I'm not going to give you up. Yeah. And so it's a good way of kind of pushing that, that moment pops. I'm here. It's a good way of pushing that moment where they become close, like further towards the end. Because yeah. if that had been done conversationally, they would have become closer a lot earlier on. Yeah, yeah. I got triggered. Uh-oh. There is there is one phrase in this book that saying, nothing triggers you other than the word no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got triggered that as, as we established in early episodes of this podcast, I am angry German grammar guy. And uh, they used the phrase couldn't hardly see straight. Yeah. I assume that was just translation, right? I, I really hope so because it was translated by an American and Americans don't seem to grasp how languages work. Because they're the they're the same species. I was about to say the same species. They're the yeah. same people who came up with could care less to mean that they couldn't care less yeah. because words are difficult, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, that that do not like. 
when the nation calls trousers pants <laughs> you've just got to kind of just be like oh yeah yeah just the heart's in the right place but they don't really know that go, go back to eating pva yeah Uh, we mentioned earlier about the intense um world building and exposition and stuff in this book we get in just two pages in fact i think it's less than two pages we get the whole story of where the mimics come from why they're here and what they are all just crammed into i think it's like a page and a half or something and you're like okay so up until now there's been no explanation of what they are, why they're here, or anything, and boom, you get like three paragraphs, and you've got the whole thing laid out for you. You're like, okay, I now understand enough. On to the next bit of stuff yeah. getting blown up. <laughs> I almost didn't need that though. Mm. Like the the motivation, the idea of where they come from, why they're here, why there's a war. I almost didn't need it. You're, it's got... almost almost superfluous to the story. Yeah, because which I, I think is why it works. It is literally only like three paragraphs of, yeah. of talking about this shit. And I think that's just so that it can be referenced later on when they're talking yeah. about how the mimics work with their their network and their their server and their antenna and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that was definitely something that he went back and put in on the like the third or fourth draft. That he oh went yeah, back and was just yeah. Like, there was no way that was there to begin with. No, it, it was definitely. All <laughs> uh, oh, right, so I've got this whole thing at the end, and the editor's telling me that it doesn't completely make sense because we don't know the motives of the mimics. Oh, I suppose I could write three paragraphs on that. I'll go just and write sort, a little bit. Just, to, just yeah. sort, that, sort that out, shut that's, the editor up. Yeah. That's the sort of thing you know that he worked out in his head, in his oh, own yeah. notes for when he was writing the novel, and then the editor was like, yeah, but where does this come from? It doesn't make sense. Oh, shit, yeah, hang on a minute. Right, there you go. It's almost like how quickly he figures out he's in a loop. It's because the author was just like, oh, I know. I know. I want to tell this fucking story. I don't want to dick about for for, for two chapters, like, explaining the setup. I want to tell this story. It's cool. Yeah. (laughs) So, he knows very quickly, because I know. So, moving on. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, I'm running out of notes now. I'm down to my last, like, well, I've I've now have have the same amount (laughs) of notes that you had to start the podcast with. (laughs) Um, The US Special Forces. uh, That squad with their uh, and i quote language to send a nun into cardiac arrest should probably subscribe to us because yeah. um if they can ignore all the uh less than less than uh, heterosexual stuff we discuss they'll probably really enjoy it just from a language point of view oh yeah <laughs> touching the military's favorite podcast <laughs> <laughs> touching listen to us and blow stuff up yeah, if we could get someone on the front lines in like the middle east because we're still fighting a war in the middle east right there's still people out there on the front um, line i think there's i think america still has people out there yeah if we can get one of them crazy americans to wear a matter hat on the front lines <laughs> and we send ross kemp out to do another documentary that could oh my god up worldwide our next our next piece of promotional merchandise should Just be a morale kemp. patch no, morale patch you know what they are that they get to wear them on their uniforms with a yeah. velcro backing and they say things you know like they have shit on there. We need to do a touch jig one. A Can touch jig morale patch. Make touch jig great again. <laughs> <laughs> make podcasting great again. <laughs> no, make touch jig fun again. And then we'll get a little uh, dragon emoji on there. <laughs> oh, my God. So the I first time people look at it. Providers. 
I don't think either of our merch makers actually do promotional patches. I'm going to have to find a patch company and get them to make some for us. Do you know my favourite thing about this? My absolute favourite thing in the world about this what? is Adam, Steve, Dave have been all over patches for years. And I was always like, I'd love to be like, I have my own patch. I'd love to <laughs> wear something on my jacket that was for me. But I always kind of shied away from it because I was like, no, they already did it. So I can't. <laughs> it's my... I kind of come out right at the beginning of this podcast and talked about my love of that. So anything I do that they've done before, I either have to call out first or just avoid doing. But it's here for the record. We Organically, have, you, you, you came up with the idea. So, and I, all I have to do is agree. And now I put a disclaimer in to explain myself. We can go ahead and make all the fucking... We can make batches of patches. Batches of patches. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark TESD. Um Yes, I would love. I would love one that just says "Make Touching Fun Again" with a little dragon emoji. I, I love how like I posted um, some shit the other day. I, I've I've had loads of fun. What I think are funny ideas for for t-shirts and merch. And I finally found uh, someone that a company that will not only make it but make it at a slightly more sensible price than the one we were using previously. Um, and the last few days, I've just been uploading these designs that I've had floating around for ages onto T-shirts and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like ideas start cropping up in the fucking in the Space Monkey yeah, chat. Yeah. Fucking Ash appears out of nowhere just to request a completely obscene T-shirt. <laughs> I've noticed that's what Ash does. He either turns up, trolls you, and then disappears, or he just turns up, comes as one line, and then just is like, "My job here is done." My, my work oh, here is done. And he just goes back to lurking in the shadows. <laughs> I'll be back in three weeks with a troll or another idea. <laughs> See you then. Yeah. In the oh. meantime, me and Ash are having fantastic conversations about Star Wars meme <laughs> over on my Facebook Messenger. It's great. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, my my original note that I wrote here yeah. was that I would love to see the Rita KG fight scenes animated, where they're fighting against the mimics together. Um, yeah. And then I started thinking about it, and I realised I actually just really want to see this whole thing made into an anime. Yeah. It, it's like I said earlier, it's, it's fairly common for light novels to be plundered, to be made yeah. into manga and animes. Um, and though, as I said earlier, we've had a manga, a graphic novel, and uh, a Hollywoodization of this into a, a, a Tom Cruise vehicle, we've still not had an anime, and I really want one. And if you're listening to me, anime studios of the world, make this into, it could be a standalone film. I don't think it would work as a series, but as a standalone 90-minute film, this would be perfect. I think you could do a series. You could, but you'd have to get some filler in there. I don't know. Don't, and most anime series are about like twenty nine episodes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I a lim- what do I call it? A limited series. Like, a limited, yeah, a limited series would probably work. ten episodes. Yeah. Where I don't know episode one is the first day. Yeah. So there's a few days where it's like three lines of dialogue, and then you're on to the next day. So you yeah. could crunch some of them together into certain episodes, but each episode could be a different part, a different day, a different part of the journey. Yeah, so it would be good. Yeah. Yeah, I'd buy that. We would, but, and, and then we could we could talk about it on here because we've done the book, uh, we've done the, the original if book. They did a true to the book version. Yeah, I think that would be fantastic. Well, they use that, that's a good thing. It's because they don't have to worry about making it acceptable to Western audiences because they're effectively appealing to the same audience the book is. They can, they are do tend to be fairly direct translations. Almost. Well, because it's the film is the film. They change the title and everything else. 
yeah. put Tom Cruise in it because it was being <laughs> made by Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. If they made it, then they would just make it in like just true to the book, wouldn't they? But it'd be, a, it'd be, be like, a lot closer. Yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna draw white people. Fuck you, white people. We're gonna draw <laughs> Japanese people in. Exactly. Do it. I'm trying the to fight. think of a studio I'd like to see do this, and basically any of you. I'm not fast at this point. <laughs> the, the scene. I mean, is it Studio Ghibli? Mm. Are they, they're the big one. They're making a fucking gorillas film. Joe Gorillas, Damon Albarn, Gorillas. Yeah. They're making an really? animated gorillas film. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. So, oh. do this instead. Fuck yeah. off, Damon. Do, do this. this instead. Don't, yeah. No one cares about the fucking gorillas. They haven't been popular since like the oh, early. No. no, 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 no. They're still majorly popular. With who? Everyone but you, I think. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I kind of I tuned out of Gorillas with that one Sean Ryder song that I heard so much. What was it? Oh, God, it's yeah. the, that was when I was just like, I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. But I always like loved the premise of the cartoon band. The way you must have enjoyed like the art and the way they were drawn. It's all very it Japanese right. animated. Yeah. I loved that idea. It's just like you could get and it was a great vehicle for collaborations because you could just bring whoever you wanted into the studio to yeah. rap on a song, sing on a song. And then you just have one of your animated characters perform their part. It's perfect. But um, yeah, I think a true to true to the novel, the light novel version yeah. of this would be fantastic film to watch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, not that anyone cares what we think because we're on a two bit podcast who spends most of its time talking about sex. <laughs> yeah. What I've realized is, you know, it's the like the thing I've always held in my head is the people that talk about sex are the ones that aren't getting it. <laughs> is this why you're so fixated on my uh, prolapsed anus? <laughs> I can't fuck something soon. <laughs> if it's not, it'd be like a sausage up an alleyway, mate. Yeah. Unless it's <laughs> unless it's shaped know, it's like Aragon's penis, it's just not going to happen. Like four months of non-stop masturbation has left it pretty swollen right now. <laughs> it's like an inflatable oh, yes, we dildo. We did discuss that earlier, yeah. didn't we? Um, the uh, the umeboshi sequence yeah. makes my jaw clench just thinking about it. I love the idea. I like. Oh. There's no one in my life that I could sit there and do that with. I don't think everyone no. would be like, oh, "I ain't fucking eating that." But I love the idea of just like you sit there <laughs> and it's just like one after the other until I, someone gives up. Have you ever tried umeboshi? No. I one of my favorite drinks is uh, umeshu which is right. uh, plum wine made okay. from these very sour uh, pickled plums. Um, and I, what's the one I have? It's, Are they pickled or fermented? Um, pickled, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I tried one. I My favorite one is the extra shiso umeshu, which is okay. basically the extra sweet version of it. Right. It's really nice. It's also really expensive in the UK. Um, and they all come with a plum in the yeah. bottle and i tried a bite you caught one out when you were drunk right and you ate it. yes i didn't eat the whole thing i literally took a bite and bearing in mind this is in the extra sweet version of it and it basically made my face implode i think i'd be all right you know i can eat kimchi which is basically fermented cabbage i can eat that <laughs> by the bucket load <laughs> oh, i fucking love kimchi oh you love it problem. but um yeah, so I don't think I'd be too bad. Like, sourness doesn't really affect me. As long as there's no fish sauce in it, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no fish sauce in it. All right, next time I buy one, I- I'm looking to buy some some uh, umeshu. 
uh, in the next couple of months, actually, because I really when want to. When you have your summer goth party in When I finally have my summer summer goth party, when we all get fucking vaccinated, you can finally have my birthday party from last year. In 2022, um, then, yeah, we will have a... <laughs> we'll, we'll both take bites out of this plum until one of us uh, gives and, up. Until one of us gives up, yeah. <laughs> hey, this war will be over someday. No doubt about it. You and I will see to that, says KG. You're right. I'm sure you will, says Rita. Now, there is some major, major foreshadowing there because, like I said, I've read this book several times. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that until this time around. She knew as soon as she found out about Keiji that she wasn't coming out of this. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't going to leave that island. Only one of them could make it through. Yeah. And it's actually realizing that that she sleeps around. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, because it makes it dark when you've kind of when you think about it, all the ah oh, the romance ah oh, they the two people they got something in common ah oh, they finally hooked up ah oh, it all kinds of kind of goes away when you think that she knew the whole time. So it's not a cute kind of oh, I've met this person, I've fallen <laughs> for them, I want to bang them. It's more like oh, I'll give them a pity fuck. I, I'm, I, only, I'm only going to be I'm not going to be around much longer. I might as well go. I have one more before I go. Clearly, I have far more rose tinted glasses than you yeah. do because I saw I saw that as her. That was her last chance, her last human connection. You know, she had this connection that she never had with anyone else. And even if she survived, the odds of her having that connection with anyone else were, you know, slim to non-existent. Yeah. This was her last real human connection because we get from Rita's point of view, we see that she's completely disconnected and disassociated from everyone around her. Oh yeah. yeah. And this, she has this connection and that's it. That's her last connection. And that's what she wants to hold on to before she dies, because she says that right up until the end, you know, that was it. That was her last human contact. And I'm going to take my shit colored glasses off and I'm going to go with your version. (laughs) Your version is much nicer than my, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm either going to have to pay fucking or, like I ain't gonna be here tomorrow, so I, I ain't gonna well, be here tomorrow, so I don't have to worry about STDs. Yeah, I might as well try and get one last orgasm in before I <laughs> before I pop off. Yeah. What What I love about that is the fact that it's never explicitly stated. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, the next morning I fell out of bed and I was really confused yeah. because I, you know, Unibar- Yonabaru had to get into his own bunk that night, and yeah. it's like, oh, okay. And then he wakes up, and they they never mention that, and no. even when. Even when he's referring back to it, like right at the end, he refers to the coffee, the conversations, the fights on the battlefield. He never, never lists in any of his remembrances of her the fact that they quite clearly boned the night before. Because sex plays a role in this book. We talked about earlier the difference between the crass parts and then the prose Mm. parts, the beautiful things he says. I feel like sex is a it's kind of it's all tied up in the soldier side of him right yeah it's it's a an act of passion depending on who you're sleeping with aggression <laughs> um <laughs> but it's all kind of very lustful very in the moment yeah. very much like war yeah again depending on who you're, who you're sleeping with sex <laughs> can be a lot like war um <laughs> but he wants to remember her in a more sweet way in a more human kind of love yeah love angle way so the sex part doesn't really come into it it's, it's everything it's more else of an emotional like... connection for him isn't it he's you... he's less focused on the sex and more on the emotional connection that they I have imagine, yeah it's like if you kind of 
meet someone, you get to know them for a, a little while before you actually have sex. The what sex, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> the sex, I don't. I'll come back to this in a minute. The sex is better, yeah, obviously because you know the person, and if you're smart enough, you can do your homework, find out what they like, and tailor your actions towards them. Um, but, yeah, take note, ladies. But if, yeah, I like blowjobs. Um, <laughs> if you, uh, but if you just meet someone. Like a bar, take a moment, fuck them. It's far more animalistic. There's no respect. There's yeah. none of that. Like I want to make sure that they finish first. It's huh, I can't believe I'm getting to do this. Let's let's have fun. It's yeah. far more lustful and animalistic. Whereas yeah. he spent 159 loops, kind of <laughs> getting to know her without her realizing he's getting like watching her from the back yeah. as she eats. Like he's built this whole relationship with her in his head, and although he has to keep restarting it every day it's a real thing to him so he's more focused on the sweet the personality the love aspect rather than the the animalistic sexual side of things is the way i took it so he doesn't need to talk about the sex because it's the coffee the coffee is the thing that really the coffee the fighting the fighting is almost a metaphor for the sex the way they work in in unison together and because he's watched her and he's done his homework he knows exactly what he needs to do and yeah yeah, I can imagine for her the sex was probably pretty mind blowing because yeah. Keiji has water no... alongside her and and he has that he already knows her, so yeah, must have come as quite a shock for 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 the poor little redhead. I'd like to read that final fight scene between them again to see if it is actually a metaphor for the sex that preceded it. Yeah, I think it probably is. Yeah, it's probably the, it's the other side of it. It's the animalistic side of it. Yeah, the way they dance around each other and yeah. Like, like faint to go and then come back and the way they're both equally matched and then yeah one of them has to give one another yeah yeah but my my final note is okay um that moldy coffee yeah right at the Uh, very very end it's touching poignant powerful and yet really fucking gross yeah (laughs) i can understand why he does it because we've seen it's a soppy sentimental bastard yeah and that was the last thing she did for not just him but for any other human was yeah. making that coffee the last thing that she she did and yeah he's he's determined to because she did it for him he's determined to drink it and there's i'm just like nah yeah nah amy could leave me a vegetable it could be the last thing she ever did in the world before she died but i ain't eating that i ain't eating that fuck off mate i'll, um, I'll, I'll shrink wrap it she <laughs> says it. she says earlier on oh and probably when you're in a mood one day. No, but... not like that, you dirtbag. <laughs> um, um, she says earlier on, yeah, this I've got this stuff from Africa. If you get the fresh stuff, three if you leave it, three days it's mouldy. And then yeah. later on, three days it's mouldy and he starts drinking it. And I'm like, just like you, I'm like, the sentiment is beautiful, but <laughs> I've had coffee when I've left it for half an hour too long and it's cold, and that's rancid enough, let alone three days. You, there was someone that we went to school with who lived literally 100 yards up the road to you. <laughs> yeah. I remember like going around his house when we were like year seven, year eight, yeah. and he had this glass on the um, on the, the windowsill. Yeah, that was just a mould growing out of the glass. And I remember being like, Bleh. and he was like, it's a, it's a science experiment. And I was like, it was practically fucking sentient. By the, yeah. fu- by the time you finally got rid of it, it, you could almost have a conversation with it. 
it's a science experiment. I want to see what happens. And I'm just like, what happens is at some point you're going to have to fucking clean that glass. That's the thing. That's what I jumped to, seeing that moldy glass of milk. Oh. <laughs> well, there we go. We made it to the end. And, and you know, for, for a book that we both said um, didn't encourage much, many notes or much deep thought, we, we've still managed to spend like two hours discussing it. Yeah, I think we veered off on some tangents. And we did veer off on a few tangents. I had to remember a few times that we, were, that we actually read a book this week. Um, I really like this book. There are some really, like, I think I mentioned it earlier, there's some really good themes about like, if at first you don't succeed, mm. keep trying. Keep Learn. trying. Learn from your losses and then turn them lessons into a win one day. Yeah. That is the overall theme I got from this book. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I will definitely, definitely read it again because it is at least four times I've said, I'd like to read this book <laughs> I'd again. I'd like to read this book again. From this point yeah. of view, looking at this to see if this is something that we're making up on the pod or if this is actually in <laughs> Every, every couple of years, this this book is is one of those on. I have like a hit list of books that get reread over the course of every couple of years. Yeah. Um. And this this is one of them. It's if I hadn't read it for the podcast, yeah. I'd be rereading yeah. it in a few yeah, months again. anyway. anyway. It would have. <laughs> I would have done it anyway. Probably as soon as the weather got nice, I'd have been out there in the hammock rereading this. I'll but, make sure I drop the copy back off to you then. I won't lend it to anyone this time. <laughs> oh no, I've already read it now. So I've got got another couple of years before I need before I'll be reading this. Before this will come back up on 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 repeat. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those books I would recommend to people who haven't read anything from this genre before. Haven't yeah. aren't, aren't anime fans? Aren't you know fans of Japanese literature? But are perhaps sci-fi fans of of any stripe really? But yeah, like you for instance, you are Is not. Is anybody in the world like me that's not very well versed in Japanese culture or anime or anything like that. Mm. It doesn't matter because no. it's just a really good book. It's a it's it's a great book, standalone in its genre and and from from the Eastern Empire of of, of media. It's yeah, it's a great standalone book. It's also a great introduction if you read this and do want to go a little bit further. This is a great way to start. Let's and it's shout, a really fun book. They're shouting out a lot of other books in the back of your book, like four or five other books. And uh, I read the synopsis of them books and I was just yeah. like, oh, a sentient plane. Yeah, I think this is a bit too much for me. Whereas this book, I was just like, this is just enough. Now, somehow I completely screwed up. I, I saw it in the back of that book Yeah. Uh, back when I first read it. And I was like, ooh, oh, that Yukikaze one, I'll give that a go. Yeah. Now, in the back of that book, there are two Yukikaze books. Yeah. Yukikaze and Good Luck Yukikaze. Yeah. Now, for some reason... I didn't buy the first one. I bought the, <laughs> second, bought the second one. one. And I read it and I remember thinking, I must have missed something because I am not getting this book at all. And it wasn't until that book is downstairs on my yeah. bookcase right now. And it wasn't until I flicked to the back of this book after reading it this week. And I went, fuck. I read book two yeah. in a duology and wondered why I was confused as fuck. So now I need to go and get the first one to read it and reread the second one, hoping it will make sense. The synopsis for the first one sounded. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm buying into this. It's a, it sounds a lot like this book. The world is at war with aliens, and yep. but it's got a deep. It's not set on Earth. It sounds quite good. And I went down to the next one. I was like, oh, this must be the sequel. Oh, sentient plane. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's a bit. It, yeah, it probably would have made me. sense had I read the the, yeah. the first one because the plane is already sent it and it drops you in there. It doesn't explain anything because obviously all explanations are done in the first book. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? I didn't get that at all. <laughs> now I know why. Yeah. Done goofed. <laughs> um, I can't tell you what what we're going to be covering next week because apparently Rune doesn't like the uh, the film I plucked out of my ass earlier. Um, but I can tell you that next month on Book Club we will be reading Batman: The Long Halloween. Oh, you've been threatening this for a while, haven't you? Graphic novel. I just want something that I can I can get through in like two hours and not five. <laughs> this time round, I just yeah. Plus, yeah, I think it'll be quite fun to read a. A Batman graphic novel. It will be different. different. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be an experience. I haven't read um, one in a few years, so. So, yeah. Give me a couple of weeks and I'll drop that off to you. Awesome. Well, there we go. That was our book club for February. So, uh, cool. do, do your yeah. thing. And I don't have anything clever to say at the end of this either. So. Oh, um, <clears throat> find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. I sat there for some time holding the last cup of coffee she'd ever made for someone she'd barely known. Its thin aroma stirred in me an insufferable longing and sadness. A small colony of blue-green mould bobbed on the surface of the coffee. Raising the cup to my lips, I drank. <laughs>